No portion of this program will be reproduced in the future. Oh, George, today he's sick for a change. 560 WQAM presents the Neil Rogers Show. To George is sick because he's trying to relive his second child. 60 in Dade and Broward. In other counties, call toll-free 877-785-NEIL or pound 560 on your at and maybe you got the message Norman don't like you, George. By Neil, his guests, or his callers do not represent those of WQAM management no. staff or no. sponsors. No. Now, the Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Oh, I feel like all choked up. Like maybe I'm getting like a little crud or something. I better go back to bed. Here's Chris. I thought it was just because you were getting emotional. About what? Well, you know, new contract and you know all that fun stuff. And George being out sick again? Uh-huh. Well, he's in denial, but he's, you know, trying to live life in the fast lane. And he's an old man who ought to be like me in a slow lane. But he wants to live life in the fast lane. He wants to do a lot of drugs and a lot of uh, screwing around and a lot of roller derby. And he's always sick. Reliving and in denial the about it. What? Reliving the youth. Uh, yeah, sure. And all this crap about uh, people being bitter and all this. You know something? I'm so sick and tired of this whole election campaign. Every time Barack Obama or anybody else farts the wrong flavor, oh, gee, we know he had grits for breakfast. It's like uh, a bunch of silly stuff. It's the uh, silly season, like he said. And then last night they were there on CNN. I watched some of that, even the part where Swillery was on there. And all this crap about faith and about uh, but a beep, but a boop, but about what a, what a waste of an hour and a half. Just a total waste. All the religionists out there, oh, well, you know something, if you don't agree with us, you're going to burn in hell. We're not going to vote for you, and uh, you're uh, evil, and uh, all this other crap. I can't stand it. Anyway, so Barry Jackass has the story. How do you like that? I wonder why Joe didn't call Tom Jicker. Probably because they hate each other like poison. 
You think that could be it? It might be. I didn't see it on the front of the. Uh... No, the Sun Sentinel don't have anything. Well, no, I didn't we... see. Uh, I didn't see the story on the front of the actual paper itself. Oh, the Herald. Yeah. What's well, not on the front page of the Herald? It's on the front page of their website. And a boy, Barry Jackass, oh, you idiot. You fairy. God. The stuff that he writes, I wouldn't wipe my ass with the stuff that Barry Jackass writes. Here's the uh, article. Neil Rogers stays with a headline. Well, first of all, what has Barry Jackson got to do with this show? What does he have to do with radio? I mean, sports radio, okay, he's the sports nerd. What has he got to do with this show? Well, you're on a sports station. This isn't a sports show, which he points out in the article, okay? Barry Jackass, that's the best they can do with the Herald? Of course, that's probably the only person that uh, Joe knows at the Herald, you know. And the Sun Sentinel, it's either Jick or it's nobody. Once upon a time, back in the day, when newspapers pretended they were like trying to be real newspapers, there were people that wrote about radio. Now, forget about television. They wrote about radio on a regular basis. Like people actually listened to the radio back in those days. Not anymore. So Barry Jackass writes, Neil Rogers stays. Talk show host Neil Rogers, who had said he would leave WQM at the end of the year rather than take a pay cut, instead agreed over the weekend to a new five-year contract with the station. Station general manager Joe Bell said Sunday, that's fat-ass jolly Joe Bell to you, Barry. Hey, Barry. You fairy. You idiot. Rogers' contract was to expire. And by the way, did I mention that the rumors were here yesterday? Jeff Rimmer and his lovely wife, Farrell, which I hadn't seen them in years, and I bought them lunch. How nice of you. Well, I mean, was there any doubt? The good thing is that I took him to a cheap place. If it's free, it's me. Yeah. And he uh, looks okay. He had a triple bypass, and he lost some weight, and she looks fine, and her foot is uh, still a foot. And I just thought I'd mention that. And he also had a lot of interesting stuff to like about how Geldy was after his job back when Geldy, Geldy didn't ever want the radio. He wanted the TV thing right from the get-go. And so he stuck his head way up Michael Yormark's ass. Wrecked him. And, uh, and now Geldy's the TV guy. Squeak in the Panther games. It's kind of like uh, what Dave O'Brien did? Yeah, kind of like the same thing. Rogers' contract was to expire in December. His new deal runs through 2013. He's the only general talk host on a station otherwise dedicated to sports. General talk host. Well, what does that mean? Call me General. Hey, General. Barry, you're an idiot. Bell declined to discuss financial terms. Good. But Rogers is expected to take a pay cut from his annual salary. You bet. I mean a big, fat pay cut. That's all right. I'll squeak by, which reportedly is in the range of $1.5 million. Rogers, 65, is expected to address the matter on Monday. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to address the matter with a stamp. I'm mailing it in, Barry. I'm mailing it in. And you know something? For all those old farts out there, retire, retire, all that crap. And that old fart the first year on KAT back in 1976. You'll never make it six months in this market, Rogers. You suck. Here I am. He's dead, and I'm still on here. Through 2013, I should live so long. Haven't I told you I'm going to die on the air? I'll, I'll work till I croak. Oh, right. Why not? Good ratings for that uh, minute. Well, what does that mean? Well, just like uh, in uh, Network. or where, Yeah, Network, right? Yeah. He wasn't on the air when they killed him. Oh, was he? oh well. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, he was. I the, guy, once, so. the black guy got up. The uh, What was his name? The great Ahmed Khan, or one of his people, got up and shot him from the audience. Well, at any rate, Rogers became one of the Miami Fort Lauderdale Market's highest-rated hosts after joining WKAT AM 1360 in 1976. He's worked at several local stations since then, including WQM since 1997. Writes Barry Jackass. A very, very in-depth a probing. At least it's something. Thanks, Barry. You, uh, you fairy. It's something. I was in shock. I couldn't believe that when I went to the Herald website this morning. And right there on the front page of their web page, 
there was my puss and his little little blurb. I'm expected to address the matter. What is what is there? What 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 can I say? I don't know. The business isn't what it used to be, and all these people are. And all the all this furor, which I got for the latest story, the eight million uh, page story on the goddess again. All this business about her, and I see it on CNN and the crawl. Oh, Randy Rhodes has left our, our America, but she's taking her show to. You know something? The amount of money that she, what you're making about the money she's making. Okay, she's not making squat. I wish I was making what she's making. I'm just telling you right now, she's not making squat. And I'm and telling you, I'm making less than that. At Air America, she was making it whenever the hell they met payroll, which wasn't very often. Because Air America is, like, underfunded and under underwater, and they're drowning over there in a sea of red ink. They suck. So all of this business about and I'm sure that the same Yentas out there, oh, Neil should have gone to Sirius. He needs to be there. Yeah, they're another one really paying big bucks. Not. There's no money in this business anymore because the same half a dozen companies own every damn radio station on the dial. And the satellite people, it's all all about Stern. All about Howard. The next time, I don't know what the hell they're all about. You know what the hell they're all about? Uh, NASCAR. Yeah, well, that's great. You should have done this and you should have... Let me say what I said to George last week. I'm going to say it again without him being here today because he's got a big mouth. And that is, I don't let other people tell me how to live my life, including George or anybody else. I don't need that, including some of the Yentas on that MySpace. And let me tell you, you know how many MySpace friends I got? How many? On our, on our page, on our show page? How many? Uh, 1,539. All right. And do you know how many of them I hear from on a regular basis? How many? Maybe three or four. And the rest of them have just basically vanished. That, that thing, I'm not going to say it was a waste of time because I made a couple of friends on there, you know, which is nice, but... Uh, other than that, just a gigantic waste of time. It's like, uh, oh, uh, and, and not only that, but it killed the show there for a couple of months last year, beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And all that Jacob crap was going on, and when I was on yep. the verge of having a nervous breakdown, all that stuff, it, it was garbage. It was bad. And I'm not so sure that this, uh, well, I don't want to say it. We had a good time Friday with the Gulfstream show. The only thing I worry about with that is that uh, it basically turns out into a horse racing show for four hours, and the last thing the audience wants to hear about is horse racing. It does make George a few extra bucks, plus the uh, 31 bucks I made him gambling. And isn't that what we're here for, to try to like eke out a living for George? Of course. Even though Norma hates him like poison, doesn't want anything to do with him, and, and turned down flat, offered to pay him like uh, money, real actual money. He said, no, no thanks. He said he wouldn't touch George with your hand, is what he said, Chris. Interesting. And when Norma says that, you know that he's really taken a hostile turn. So I hope George is in bed and recuperating this morning and not listening. Here's the result from the poll over the weekend. Which of these do you find the most difficult to do? 955 votes. Steal, 240. Trust, 169. Forgive, 143. Hate, 81. Well, that's not so hard, especially in South Florida. <laughs> Cheat, 76. Lie, 75. Sympathize, 60. Love, 57. And listen, 54. What did I vote for? Uh, I don't remember. What, trust, I guess. Trust. Hard to trust because you never know what people like. George always says what they're saying behind your back. Is that what he always says? Chris? What's up? Did I lose you or what? Oh, no, Zach's here because I'm telling him how to run the show. Tell Fat Zach to get the hell out of there. 
Well, what, what do you mean how to run the board? Oh, for tomorrow, you mean? Yeah, for tomorrow. Oh. So, because he's not feeling good, so he wants to go home, and uh, he wants to get the... Uh, Boy, everybody is sick. That must be this place. Everybody there is sick. I'm not sick. I'm 100 years old, and I feel okay. I'm because oh, you're in Toronto. Today. What? It's because you're in Toronto. Oh, it's sunny. It's beautiful, man. And this week, it's going to be great. It's going to be like uh, 60-ish, 55 to 60 later, starting tomorrow and for the rest of the week. It made me happier to hear that you're signed on for another couple of years. And I had a phenomenal, in spite of what Chris says, I had a really good weekend at uh, Woodbine. I went there Saturday morning and won 900 bucks. I went yesterday for seven minutes. I was in there for seven minutes, won 1,200 bucks and ran out. How do you like that, Chris? Very good. Mr. Anti-Slots. I am not anti- I play slots. You are impossible is what you are. Okay. Impossible. I don't understand why you get up early when it's not real crowd. And, and the reason I was only there a few minutes yesterday, for, even if I wouldn't have, there was so jammed and so crowded, you could barely move. Well, that sucks. I mean, if they would have had Justin Stein standing naked and on top of a machine in there, I still wouldn't have uh, hung around too long. Hey, Justin, my jockey friend. Well, he isn't my friend yet, but someday he will be. He doesn't know it yet. Him and Stephen Strait? Yes, Stephen Strait, two of my best friends, as a matter of fact. The three of us are going to shower together this afternoon. 1013 at 560 WQM. Week after week, more and more people are taking advantage of Neil's half-price deals on WQM.com. They're hotter than halava, baby. And this week is no exception. Starting this Thursday, you can buy $100 gift certificates for 50 bucks to the famous 15th Street Fisheries in Fort Lauderdale, where dining is both a visual and culinary feast. The panoramic views of the Intracoastal are unsurpassed, and their food is absolutely, positively sensational. Try appetizers like ahi tuna tartar or tempura shrimp and calamari. Feast on fabulous seafood entrees like Maine lobster, grilled mahi-mahi, Asian spiced pan-seared snapper, grilled salmon, pan-seared wahoo filet, and too many more to mention. I love that wahoo. Plus, they feature a great filet mignon or a 14-ounce New York strip for meat lovers. 15th Street Fisheries, where 15th Street meets the Intracoastal in Fort Lauderdale. For reservations, call 954-763-2777. And thanks to me, you'll be able to buy $100 certificates at half price, just 50 bucks this Thursday. The store opens on WQM.com at noon. Neil's half-price deals available only on WQAM.com. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader.
you won't see that on the news. It's like the 1930s, another great of wrath. We're just the rich and dirty, can't afford to buy gas. Corporate newspapers say it will end. The ones that I use for the sheets on my bed. You patriotically left them in control. They robbed us blind. Now we gotta just We're in a deep depression, but they don't want you to know. The world's richest country, this depression blows. Yeah, this depression blows. This depression blows. 1019 at 560 WQAM. Here's the uh, pull today. And by the way, the person who sent this in, uh, another one of those chronics over at Maroonie Dodge who doesn't do any work all day but just keeps sending us faxes. Um. They left off the obvious winner, and I put it on there, and there it is, a winning hands down your pants. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience, 234. Is there any doubt about that? No. I mean, just unless you haven't had any, I guess. The last, Okay, my favorite sexual experience, 234, almost half, 46.8%. The last hour I spent with my father or mother, 85. Oh, yeah. Um, an exotic vacation I was on, 45. When I first met my spouse, 42, don't have one. When my first child was born, 35, don't have one. Last time I was with my best friend, 23. When I gra- <laughs> The last time I was with my best friend. Oh, boy. When I graduated high school or college, 16. When I told my ex were through, 9. My wedding day, 8. Or my wedding night, only 3. Well... Nowadays, I mean, the wedding night is kind of anticlimactic, if I can say it that way. Am I right? Yes. I guess. I'm not married, so. Well, no, but I understand that, but I mean... Hey, you've already you uh, done half of it, so. That's right. You've already done anything, every position there is to think about. And in your case, boy, what a thought that is. Good God. Well, one of my chronics on MySpace, I actually had the guy Jay in, uh, where was it, Gainesville, I think, say congratulations on your new deal on MySpace. No, nobody knew, right. of course, yeah. What? I'll write that uh, someone said some congratulations on MySpace. On MySpace, one, yeah. That's okay. There's only 1,535 other ones. That that whole thing is just so... And, and the one thing I discover about that MySpace is that most of those people don't really listen anyway. You know what I mean by that? They don't really listen. Yep. So what's it all about? Oh, well, I get to talk to Neil, and he actually sent me a message back, and I'm going to save it and put it in my crap book for the rest of my life. What they're trying to say is, I have no life. otherwise they wouldn't be on there in the first place. They think they got a life, but a lot of them don't. Uh-oh, we need to get uh, uh, Eric to change your timing man on this contract now. You know, if there's anybody that could find you, you could find the dark cloud in the middle of the biggest silver lining. No, that's a good thing. It's down to 8 months, 16 days, 13 hours, 38 minutes, and 13 seconds. Well, add 5 years to exactly. it, okay? I'm sure Eric can handle it. He can do it, believe me. He the man. Eric is the man. Although we do need, I think now, now that we're actually going to be sticking around a while, that um, we need to start redoing some of the stuff on that web page, don't you think, on our website? Okay. 
Don't you think? Sounds good to me. Maybe add some sound effects that we haven't put on there, like uh, I have no. I don't line. know if that's on there or not. Like, do, 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 like do, do, do. that. I don't think that's on there, is it? Oh, uh, probably be a shame not. if that's not do, 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 on. There. Do, 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 do. Well, let's get with it. So I just mentioned that, and I'm sure Eric will be feverishly working at that. Well, you know, we'll come up with something. No emergency. We've got plenty of time. Tomorrow's tax day, by the way. Tomorrow's April 15, just in case any of you slackers forgot, any of you deadbeats. Now, what do you do with uh, the tax? Now, of course, in your case, they take they take deductions out of your check? Yeah. Oh, my God. And then I get it back in uh, when I file. I get parts of it back when I file. A piece? Yeah, I guess. The family of former Baltimore Colt Madison Buzz Nutter. Remember Buzz Nutter? Never heard of him. Neither did I. Says the starting center on the Colts NFL championship teams of 1958 and 59 has died of complications from heart illness. The La Plata, Maryland resident died Saturday. He was 77. 77. Boy, that number sure comes up a lot. 77. WABC! But... Those were the days. Now WABC is talk radio and bad talk radio, too, by the way. Nutter played football at Virginia Tech and was a 12th-round draft choice of the Washington Redskins in 1953. He failed to make the team and returned to his native West Virginia to work in the steel mills. Oh, my God, what an ignominious way to finish out a career. A year later, he earned a spot on the Colts roster. Thank God. In 1961, Nutter was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he made all pro. Never heard of him. In 1960, and by the way, I hate to break the news to Joe Rose. I don't care about Tiger Woods. Okay, maybe I'm the only person. Now, do you care about Tiger Woods? Okay. Do you know that wasn't the question? Do you care about him? It, if he's winning or in the lead, I might watch it for about ten minutes. And oh, oh. Too bad George isn't here today. That would be two out of three. We don't care about the tiger, the tiger, and were you worried if the tiger was going to make a big comeback? I didn't watch it. I don't care about the tiger. I don't care about the Masters. I don't care about golf. Golf isn't a sport. This is supposed to be a sports station, not a golf station. When are we going to have the Parcheesi show on? Uh, tomorrow. Jesus, and Quoits. And we're uh, going to have some coverage of Quoits. And uh, Jesse Agra says congratulations. Thanks, Jesse. You're a good guy. He's a good man, Jesse Agra. He's one of the few real people we have in the building. He's blushing right now. I don't, I don't mean that kind of a good man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never saw him. What's he look like? Um, I don't know. He's okay. He's kind of... He says he's pretty. <laughs> he's okay. He says he's oh. pretty. Is he pretty? Pretty ugly. In 1961, Nutter was traded to the Steelers. He made all pro. In 1965, he returned to Baltimore for his 12th and final season before distributing a starting a beer distributorship in Waldorf, Maryland that his family still owns. Well, thank God that Buzz Nutter went out with some cash in his pocket, I guess, with that beer. At least he had some beer around. Spread it around to Josh Cordes and to George. George is just uh, degenerate, and the Lord is punishing him. That's why he's sick all the time. Oh, is that Definitely what it is? Ill. Yeah, it is. Lord is punishing him for his evil ways. Now, this poll today, actually for a, for a Monday, for a poll I put up in the middle of yesterday afternoon and I sent along to uh, Eric, we're not doing that bad. We won't make 1,000, but maybe, uh, you know, 600. 514 votes. You notice how Mondays are really a bitch to try to get to 1,000? Because su Sunday people are just doing stuff. They're not on our website on Sunday. Hungover what? Now, maybe if we, you know, jazz up our website. So how do you like that? I go in there yesterday for like seven or eight minutes. It was jam-packed. I sat down at a dime machine. Wow. One of, my, one of my favorite machines. I put in 60 bucks. I got 70. I made 10 bucks. Wow, what? Oh, okay. No, I thought you were going to say oh. you won the... Uh... The big money on a dime. No. 
Uh, that's why I was like, no. wow. Oh, actually, I won 1300 at uh, Hard Rock on a two-cent machine on it uh, with the chickens when I was down there. Remember I told you that? Yeah, I remember that. I, I didn't even realize it was two-center that you won all that money on. Yeah, but you're, you're playing three bucks a hit, see? I mean, that's all a lie. Oh, you know, exactly. Two cents, but you're playing like a uh, Yeah, it's like, you know, 25 credits. lines and, you know, 10 30 times 10 five, you're playing 150 credits, so it's three, a $3 machine. But it's a two-cent machine, it's a lie. They ought to all be in jail for fraud. So anyway, I went to the $5 machine because one of them opened up there, and I uh, put in that ticket for the 70 bucks, and I got 250 bucks on the line, and then 1000 on the line. And you know what I did then? Grand. Hit the button where the ticket comes out, you know, and I took the ticket and I went to the cashier and I got the cash and I ran out of there. I moved real fast. Your political love life, lifeless. Is there no candidate who really turns you on? Then try all new Baroxite, the all-natural formula for stronger orgasms. Hillary Clinton does nothing for me, and John McCain left me a little limp. Then I checked out Baroxite, and I had the most incredible obasm. Baroxite stimulates both men and women. I never thought I could have an obasm just watching a man speak, but then I experienced Baroxite. Oh, God. Baroxite is not a drug. It's not an herbal supplement. Baroxite simply gives hope for a more intense, more pleasurable political experience. I had three obasms in one rally. I felt like I was 18 again. Now, every time I hear the word change, I need to change my panties. Come, join the thousands of satisfied voters who are having amazing obasms thanks to Baroxite. Baroxite, it's the big O in 08. 10.32 at 5.60 WQM. Well, we're bitter in the uh, small towns, and we're pissed off, and we're fired up. Like, like that's uh, something controversial. Well, you know. The problem with the Barack is that sometimes you don't know. You know, he says things that are absolutely correct, but that you just don't say. You know, his handlers let him say stuff that he, he speaks too much of the truth. Yep. Why didn't he just come on here last night on CNN and say, well, you know, all these Gechkis, all these crazy religionist uh, fanatics, uh, you're the ones that are creating all the problems in the world. But you can't, you doesn't say that because it's, uh, oh, we don't want to piss off the religionists, you know, the Gechkis. That's the problem in the world, baby. Religion and those who peddle it and those who use it as a weapon. That's the problem. You want to believe a bunch of fairy tales? Have a great time, okay? Just stay the hell away from me. Just stay out of my life and stay out of the government, okay? That was the whole idea in the first place. Stay the hell out of the government with all your bubble mices. By the way, happy Pesach to all the Jews. Isn't that coming up this weekend, Saturday night? We discovered yep. on Shabbos, no less? Wow. Well, I'll be damned. Some really like it hot. Now, you shouldn't segue from religion into a filthy thing about Marilyn Monroe, but I'm doing it anyway. It's not filthy. Why is it filthy? In the sordid tradition of peddling raunchy video footage of celebrities a la Paris Hilton, a long-buried sex movie of Marilyn Monroe recently hit the market. A top collector told The Post, The New York Post. An illicit copy of the steamy, still FBI-classified reel, 15 minutes of 16-millimeter film footage in which the original bomb bombshell performs oral sex on an unidentified man, was just sold to a New York businessman for $1.5 million, said K.M. Morgan, the well-known memorabilia collector, discovered the film and brokered its purchase. 
The footage appears to have been shot in the 1950s. When it came to light in the mid-60s, then FBI Director Gay Edgar Hoover had his agents spend two weeks futilely trying to prove that Monroe's sex partner was either John F. Kennedy or Robert Kennedy, according to a declassified agency document interview, Morgan said. I bet you that Gay Edgar Hoover watched it many, many times, over and over again. I wonder if he was dressed up while he was watching it. The silent black and white flick shows Monroe on her knees in front of a man whose face is just out of the shot. He never moves into the shot, indicating that he knew the camera was there, but Monroe never looks at the lens, said Morgan, who saw the footage. She's on her knees. Morgan said he discovered the film while doing research for a documentary on Monroe after talking with a former FBI agent who told him about a confidential informant who tipped G-Men of the existence of the film in the mid-60s. The feds eventually confiscated the original footage, but not before the informant made a copy of it was just sold by his son, Morgan said. There are heavily redacted, declassified FBI documents talking about a French-type film. They state the informant exhibited to agents a motion picture which depicted deceased actress Marilyn Monroe committing a perverted act upon an unknown mate, a male, Morgan said. The informant was at, with at least one mobster at the time, the documents state. Wow. Why a not mobster? a perverted act? I don't know why that's a perverted act. I don't know. Everything's perverted. Don't you understand it? It was okay that Gay Edgar Hoover was doing God only knows what and dressing up in drag. And doing a thing, all kinds of things with his, Rectum. no doubt. That was fine. But if Marilyn Monroe did it with some unidentified guy, it was perverted. Everything is perverse in America. Because America, they like sex, but they're just uh, uptight about it. Oh, don't, don't do it. Think about it. No, don't think about it either. Well, there's John McCain. Beyond a single message. He's thinking about it. I'm so sick and tired in his craggy old senile face. If you love Bush, man, if you love the first eight years, you'll love the next four. I'll guarantee you that should he get in there. If he gets in, I'm leaving the country. I know. I already did. Well, that's because I had a good premonition. I thought it was going to be really, really bad. And thanks again, Mr. President. Thanks to the Bushmeister for those fabulous gas prices and the great economy and everything, all the dead people. Phenomenal job. And he's still got 28% approval rating. His approval rating should be like the ratings across the street with a minus in front of it. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Lappa's ratings with a minus infinity oh, point. Oh, 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 Like that. Like nobody would listen to those stations if you paid them by the second. boy, Steve Lappa. There's another one of Norma's friends. Oh, James Crystal Radio. They want to... You know something during this whole thing, since when was it that uh, they told me? See, oh, like December, November? Yeah, I think uh, early December. See, the whole thing was handled very poorly. I don't want to, like, uh, create a problem now that Jolly Joe and I have kissed and made up and everybody's happy. And I guess he and George are like uh, coochie-coo. Maybe that's where George is today. Maybe he and Jolly Joe are making mad, passionate love. I don't know. Cause evidently it's really not something are... I want to even halfway think about. Why, is that a disgusting act? I didn't say what act they were doing. Maybe just a little kiss on the cheek, a little peck. You said that they were making love, you know? They're making mad, passionate, wild, steamy, gay sex. Who the hell knows what they're doing? But you won't let me finish the point. Go on. And now I forgot what the hell the point was, see? That they're such good friends. No, that wasn't the point. George just doesn't know which side his bread is buttered on. That, that's George's problem, okay? I love George. He's been with the show and with me for a long time. He's always there for me when I need him, when I'm having one of my 19th nervous breakdowns. He's always there to fill in like he did last Tuesday, which I appreciate very much. But, but, that having been said, he doesn't, uh, he has, he suffers from delusions of grandeur. He refuses to accept the fact that this business is what it is. When a company like Queer Channel owns 98% of the stations on the dial every in every market, uh, you know things are bad. When Cheap Channel owns it, because that's what they're famous for. Oh, what I started to say was Norma. 
Now, you have, how much change do you have in your pocket? Whatever you've got. You have some change, some coin? Um, I think I have like a quarter in my pocket. Okay, well, that quarter is more than what Norma had offered to me during the entire period of time, from early December until now, April 14, other than the uh, offer from these people, the offer to work for slave wages. Now, I'm doing okay. Now, let me ask you something. What person in local radio, not the, and even syndicated, other than Rush and Howard, other than those two people, who's making the kind of coin I've been pulling down here for many years on this station? Nobody. So there you go. And even with the gigantic slash and pay, I'm still doing okay. I'm still pulling out a couple of bucks. You wouldn't uh, mind taking the check? I would love to take one of your checks. And do what? Wipe your ass with it? Um, feed myself and take care of a new car, all that stuff. So the bottom line is I'm going to be here another almost six years, okay, if I live that long, if my health permits, which, quite frankly, it doesn't take the greatest of health to put my fat ass in the chair here. And I'm not going to be, uh, see, now I'm not going to put it in granite or in stone, because if I say I'm not coming back down there and do shows there, maybe I will someday. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe there'll be some kind of like a neurotic, psychotic experience here again today, and I'll get in the car and I'll be down there in a couple of days. Who knows? I don't think so, though. Or maybe I'll hop on a plane. Everybody was so excited for you to come in. Well, what are you talking about? What in God's name are you talking about? Who was the everybody? Oh, salesmen and, you know, I, I don't know the sales. The only salesperson I know is Duff, Pete, Lenny, and, uh, and I know Brian Schmutz, and uh, who's the other one? Barney. And uh, Todd Dreck, I don't want to see them ever again. Either one of those. And I don't know anybody else in the sales department. Well, that's why they're going to come over and say hello to you, so you can see who they are. They're not excited to me. Are you a crazy per? They can come to Gulfstream on the 17th of May, assuming that that thing goes through. They can come and meet me at the uh, per- at the uh, appearance, whatever it's going to be. Now, do you have any idea what it's going to be, what we're going to be doing there? No one What time anything. it's going to be? Anything about it? Any of these things? <laughs> Senator Clinton has vowed to stay in the campaign all the way to the national convention, and she says she won't be bullied out of the race. I really hope that Senator Obama will quit uh, sniper fire. Some Democrats are now calling for Hillary Clinton to leave the race. Former President Clinton has a message for those people. Chill out. We're going to win this election. Obama is a person of enormous talent. I think he ought to resign. I worked hard to try to kill him. And it didn't work. And we ought to do it. I did not have sexual relations with Obama. Okay, it's 1045, but that was nicely spliced together, wasn't it? Not. Oh, there's more to the story about Marilyn Monroe, which I'm sure you want to hear. Hey, sure, why not? According to the documents, former baseball star Joe DiMaggio in the past had offered the informant 25 grand for this film, it being the only one in existence, but he refused the offer. Sources advised that uh, the mole informed them he obtained this film prior to the time Marilyn Monroe had achieved stardom. Lots of moles involved here. Morgan said he got the deceased informant's name from the former FBI agent who tipped him off to the flick and was floored after he found the mole's son in Washington, D.C., and the man retrieved a film canister from a safe deposit box and spooled it up. You can see instantly that it's Marilyn Monroe. She has the famous mole, the mole said. <laughs> it reminds me back in the days when Greg Reed was running around a building. I want to find the mole. I want to know who the mole is that keeps talking to Barry Jackass. And, of course, if he would have looked in the mirror, he would have seen the mole because he was the one that kept talking to Barry Jackass. Son of a... 
bitch. She's smiling. She's very charming. She's very radiant, but she's known for being radiant, he said. She moves away, and then the footage stops. Last month, he broke it at sale, leading the informant son to a wealthy New York businessman who wants to keep this unseemly part of Monroe's past buried. Well, I'm sure that was the only time she ever did anything that grotesque. It's unseemly. He said he's just going to lock it up, Morgan said. He said, I'm not going to make a parasilton out of her. I'm not going to sell it out of respect. Well, how much respect does she need? She's been dead for a million years already. How much damn respect does hardcore Maryland need? Well, you got to respect the dead. What? got to respect the dead. Why? Why not? That's when you stop respecting. When they're dead, it doesn't hurt their feelings. Oh, and I made a, a mortal mistake yesterday at lunch. What's that? Because I'm so easy, you know. I let Rimmer talk me into, because uh, I, I, my Blackberry buzzed, and I took it out and looked at Oh, yeah, you uh, take that Blackberry everywhere there? I said, yeah, of course. I can't live without it. Oh, well, what's your cell number? Let me program it into my phone, you know. And, of course, being the fool that I am, I gave it to him. And now that thing's going to be Bad mistake. That goes to show you, even I'm not perfect. Oh, even an old fart like me. Well, I got two more people on MySpace. Congratulations, Neil. Of course, they didn't know anything about it. Well, once once it starts circulating and the story gets around that I just signed for five more years on this half-assed station, it, that thing that thing is going to be bursting from the seams that my place in your space on your face. 555 votes on your poll, by the way. It's not a bad poll. It's okay. Especially the part about reliving my favorite sexual experience. There are two especially that come to my mind, which I can't tell you about. One was in Las Vegas and one was in Berlin. Does that give you a little clue? Sure. Not really. Not, well, obviously, I can't go into detail. That would be grotesque. That would be sub rosa. Nasty. One was in Vegas, and one was in Berlin. Ich bin ein Berliner, baby. Wow. But anyway. Oh, here's the story from the Palm Beach Post. The goddess has truly come home. doesn't mention my name in here because that's where she got that nickname, the goddess, from yours truly. Oh, God. But nevertheless, what do they know? The goddess has truly come home following her departure from the liberal era American talk radio network last week. Controversial host Randy Rhodes, <coughs> oh, I'm choking on it, is bringing her nationally syndicated afternoon drive time show back to WJNO, 1290 a.m. in West Palm Beach starting today. But this time, she's not just being heard on WJNO, which is owned by media giant Cheap Channel. She's producing the show from her former employer's studio. We have our biggest star back, said WJNO program director, Brian Mudd. I wonder if he's kin to Roger Mudd. Dubbed the goddess by her royal listeners. Guess what? That's wrong. No, that's, that's not correct. Rhodes, who worked for WGNO for a 10-year stretch starting in 1994, gained fame for her tell-it-like-it-is brand of leftist politics. In turn, that prompted Air America to hire her when the network debuted in 2004. Rhodes stayed on the air at WGNO in the years that followed, but through Air America. She also became a national personality, seen on billboards and TV news shows alike. The bottom line, says Rhodes, of her return to West Palm Beach, she's still... She'll still be her usual loud and feisty New Yorky self on air, and she'll still be speaking to a national audience, not necessarily a local one. But she no longer has to schlep back and forth in New York, uh, from New York to Palm Beach County. How do you like that? In the article, it doesn't say who wrote this. Oh, Charles Passy. I think he misspelled that vowel in there. Charles Passy, P-A-S-S-Y. Uh-huh. Doesn't sound Jewish to me, but nevertheless, she no longer has to schlep 
back and forth from New York to Palm Beach County, where she continued to maintain a home during her Air America tenure to do what she loves. I noticed Ellie Brecker didn't get the assignment at the Herald. She didn't get the call from Jolly Joe. Thank God. Thank you, Jolly Joe. May have only been very jackass, but at least it wasn't Ellie Brecker speaking of my Blackberry and bugging the hell out of me. That's what she would have been doing. Oh, I want a story. I'm a yenta. I want to write a story. Get lost, Ellie. Go away. Don't ever, ever message me again. I just grabbed my dog and came to West Palm Beach, said Rhodes, of her sudden decision to base herself year-round in the area. Her show is now being syndicated by the Nova M Radio Network, which is something nobody ever heard of before, an emerging competitor to Air America in the talk radio world. I wonder which one of them is making payroll this time. Well, the decision wasn't all that simple. It says Rhodes quit Air America following a high-profile dispute with the network that was covered by such media outlets as New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Air America suspended Rhodes April 3rd for disparaging Senator Swillery Clinton at a recent comedy performance in San Francisco. I noticed Tom Jacob, by the way, agreed with uh, their decision. He wrote something caustic uh, in his column, I think it was yesterday. But in about her, the, the vulgar comments that she made. You know something? She's entitled to say whatever the hell she wants, little Tommy. Quit being such a prissy phony. Rhodes said the dispute was sparked by employment discussions with Air America and that her remarks during the performance weren't the integral issue. She added that when Air America suspended her, she thought it meant her contract was terminated, so she quit to clear the way for future radio opportunities. That was by, on Wednesday night. By Thursday and Friday, Rhodes was hammering out a deal with her new syndication company, talking to her 20-plus affiliate stations across the country about continuing to air her program. Most have agreed to do so, and even going on CNN's Larry King show to discuss her situation. Uh-huh. How do you like that? Like this was like something monumental, something important. That left Saturday to fly from New York to West Palm Beach and Sunday to reacquaint herself with the WGNO staff and get her show up and running again. What usually takes months took days, she said. The show will air in its usual Monday through Friday time slot, 3 to 6 p.m., following Lardass Limbaugh, who might be called the conservative yin to Rhodes Yang. Uh, the two are more than radio number, uh, neighbors. Limbaugh's also based in Palm Beach County. No kidding. Does he have to schlep? I don't have to schlep. I have to schlep from my bedroom into this uh, room here. About a long 10 way. feet. That's how much schlepping I have to do. How do you like that? Don't wear yourself out. Charlie Passy. 567 votes on Chris's award-winning poll, and by far, far and away, if I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience, 261. 46%, almost half, want to do it again. Would be sure nice. In fact, you know something? Maybe I'm going to get a phone call right now. But I doubt it. Like many women over 50, Paula Howen was eager to vote for Swillery Clinton for president. I was impressed when she was first lady. She wasn't the country's trophy wife, the 56-year-old suburban Philadelphia pharmacist recalled. Today, however, Howen's no longer a Swillery fan. I don't like the way Swillery's run her campaign, she said. Clinton's strongest core support, white women, is beginning to erode in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. The site of next Tuesday is critical. That's a week from tomorrow, April 22, Democratic presidential primary. And a loss here could effectively end her White House run. A Quinnipiac University survey taken April 3rd to 6th in Pennsylvania found that Clinton's support fell by six percentage points in a week among white women. Nationally, a Lifetime Network's poll of women found that 26% said they liked Clinton less now than in January, while only 15% said they liked her more. I couldn't like her less. How do you like that? Oh, well. If I liked her less, I'd, uh, the, these are Democratic women who waited all their lives for a woman president, but Hillary is not turning them on, said polling expert Clay Richards. 
The Clinton campaign is aware of the danger and last week began dispatching friends of Swillery from New York, Washington, and elsewhere to keep Pennsylvania communities to have living room chats with women. They're having chats in the living room. We thought this might happen, Senior Clinton Advisor Ann Lewis said of the erosion. A key reason, she said, is rival Barack Obama's barrage, notably his gentle but persistent reminders to TV viewers that he's well-equipped to heal the ailing economy. I can't overcome the media barrage, so we need to get back to talking to people about their personal concerns, said Lewis, and emphasizing her experience. Her experience with what? In the kitchen in the White House? Talking to the maids? Knowing where the silverware is? Knowing where the blue dress is that the bubble was hiding in the closet? What is she talking about? What experience? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that sniper fire. Economic concerns are at the top of most women's list, and Obama's coming across to more and more people as qualified on the economic issues, Richard said. Interviews in suburban Philadelphia, an area full of swing voters who are likely to determine the outcome of the primary, found reasons for Clinton's shaky support. A lot of white women, and for that matter, white men, want the race to end and increasingly consider Obama an acceptable nominee. He's going to be the nominee. Get it over with. Get rid of her already and stop with the crap about bitterness and uh, guns and religion and guns and roses and all this other crap. Desperate, baby. She's desperate. Because one thing about the Clintons, man, there's one word that they don't know. And you know what that is? No. They don't get it. It's not in their vocabulary. So it's like, like pay raise for Chris. Yeah, I don't know A QM, they know the word. No. That's right. How about a raise? No. No chance. Now, how about George? How do you think George is going to come out now that he pissed off Norma Kent? And he's going to be dealing directly. I think he ought to, you know, he's in. What he said on Friday was so unbelievable. I just, I didn't know what to say. Well, you know, we agreed that you weren't going to sign anything until, you know, uh, me and Brian, it's an all package deal. Well, you're in the package, but I can't negotiate your salary, Mr. Hotshot, okay? You are in a state of delusion. A delusionary state. Florida. This is the Neil Rogers Show. You, 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 This is the brain. Any questions? No. I was out one night a drinking, but when I left the pub, me bladder it was aching. Yes, I could have filled a tub. I wandered toward a gas station, but the doggone thing was closed. Found a nice dark corner and whipped out me Irish hose. Public urination on all St. Patty's Day. Public urinations, why I'm in jail today. Oh, public urinations, I'll not do it again. Because in jail you have to do it in front of a hundred men. I told the judge how sorry I was for being dirty and lewd. He parted his gavel and said to me, Son, I think you're screwed. Oh, public urination makes everybody blanch. Next time you got to go that bad, you'd best pee in your pants. Or, <laughs> or maybe something even more serious than that. If, uh, you know, if nature's calling. 1102 at 560 WQM. There's no George today. George is out sick. There's no Josh Cordes with us today because Josh is busy, busy guy. There's no Zach with us today because Zach is sick. It's like an infirmary around here. Wouldn't you think? I mean, with the thing in the Herald today, and I'm re-signed for five more years, and everybody's all whipped up about that. Duff came in this morning before the show to congratulate me. Yes, and he did. Clarence came in and peed on my leg. And that was about it. I didn't hear anybody else come in here this morning, like from the sales staff. Oh, hey, Neil, congratulations. And by the way, who are you and what's this show all about? And what do you do here? Now, who was the one you were telling me about? Or was Duff was telling me about a guy? It was not the original one, but another guy named Roy. In the sales department, did you know that creature? I did not. 
So, in other words, you didn't even know we had a guy by that name in a sales department because evidently Roy! it was a real a bizarre character, according to Muff. That's what I've heard. Oh, you heard that? Yep. What was his story? I don't know. I just know that he was kind of a weird person. Really? At WQAM, we hired a weird person? <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. Maybe they'll hire the thing. When we first started working, when George and I first started down on the second floor in our temporary studios that were a joke, so they, there's a guy came in with a, an old pinstripe suit that looked like something had been in the attic for 100 years, you know, in mothballs. Mm-hmm. Bizarre, I mean, strange young dude. And he wanted a job there. I forget doing what, promotions or something. And the water Nazi actually hired him. Yeah, she was a winner. Oh, yeah. There is no water Nazi. Drop dead, you son of a... So anyway, uh, she hired him, and he was coming to work the first day to do whatever he was going to do, and he heard me talking about him and referring to him on the show as The Thing, and he turned around and went back home. Are you serious? Yeah, the reason he wanted the job there, he was a big fan of mine. I'm I'm embarrassed to admit that. But I have a lot of weird people (laughs) out there, yeah. Well, you know, not everybody's as uh, cool as you. I mean weird, really <laughs> strange, much stranger than I could ever be if I tried, okay? Weird, the thing. As long as they fill out a uh, application, a log, that's right, the water Nazi. As long as they fill out an application and we don't like them, like Fat Boy. We warned her, we warned Scran, don't hire him, he's trouble, there's nothing but trouble, okay? And so what do they do? They hired him on a spite. In other words, if you say go left, they'll go right. If you say it's day, they'll say it's night. That's what happens when you're dealing with people who know everything, who are experts. So I just mind my own business now. You know, I don't. Now, in fact, we got the, the schedule for today, the jerk show this afternoon at two. Now I could say something about that, but I won't. I'll let Chris do it. He's coming on at two. Very nice guy. Great show. Listen to it. Mad Dog four to six fifty or did what? Now look at that. Clarence, you know, Clarence came in this morning, and it's so pathetic. He can't even make out a schedule. A child could do this. Four to six fifty, we got Jim Mandage. Six fifty to seven, there's nothing even listed. Yeah, on one of the uh, schedules I saw yesterday, someone hand wrote uh, dead air. Dead air for ten minutes. Six fifty to seven, because we don't have uh, Jesse Agro tonight with the first bitch. Because I guess there's no game. Is there a game tonight? Uh, I have no idea. We don't know, and we don't care. We don't care about the Marlins or their stupid ass stadium or any of that crap. Okay? There's four teams in in town. They're all an embarrassment. The Heat, which speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, only about 50 games out of first place. They suck. The uh, Dolphins with their 1-15 season, which they're not fooling anybody with this Tony Soprano guy. Uh, who did I leave out? Oh, the Marlins, which nobody cares and nobody goes to the games. And the Panthers, which nobody really cares and nobody shows up at the games in spite of the 80 billion free tickets Alan Cohen tries to give away. He is a jerk. A jerk. What he's done to this organization. You know, the Rim Man, Rimmer and I had a discussion about that yesterday. If you're going to fire somebody, you know, or if you're, going to, if you're going to take away their coaching duties and make them general manager, put out a release saying, well, Jacques Martin has been allowed to uh, spend full-time duties on being general manager, and he'll select a new coach, and blah, blah, blah. You know, like that, do it in a classy way instead of saying, oh, he's, been relie- he's being fired as coach, but he's still going to be GM, and maybe you get to pick the next coach. Totally classless, Alan Cohen, and that's the way you run the whole organization. You've destroyed it. You've butchered it. 
just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. And, of course, they never make the playoffs. Every year is the same thing. They stink to join out most of the year, and then they make a late-season run, and they get within a couple of points of the playoffs, like, and they give everybody a little bit of a scare. Not that anybody cares. And then uh, they tank it. Oh, thanks a lot for another great season, Alan Maricon. God, what a jerk. So, so there's your uh, sports teams, and we've got 55 sports stations covering them. It, it makes no sense to me. I mean, what do I know? I don't know anything about the business, but what, what, what can I possibly know? Do you understand it? Why we've got 75 sports stations covering in a town where nobody cares about where the teams are a disgrace and a joke and nobody cares anyway? Nope. The only thing they care about is the freaking Dolphins, and after a 1-15 season and another bloodbath in the front office, uh, you know, how much can you care anymore? We love the Dolphins. They won a game, you know, like that. Big deal. Big deal. Although we got the Dolphins here on QM, so like I said, that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting until uh, the fall. Because we can't do it on our own. And now that I'm going to be here another five years, you think that maybe when they put these ads in the yearbooks and the programs and stuff like that, maybe they might mention the Neil Rogers show from 10 to 2, our highest rated show. They might want to mention that once in a while. Well, maybe one of these days. God. Television talk show host Dr. Phil McGraw's show posted bail for a Central Florida teenager accused of taking part in the notorious videotape beating of a classmate described by the sheriff as animalistic. Have you seen that video, I'm sure, about 400 times? Yes. Staff members for the Dr. Phil talk show helped Mercedes Nichols, one of eight teenagers facing charges in the case, post bond this weekend, McGraw's spokeswoman, Teresa uh, Corigliano, said in an email. Local 6 reported that Nichols is the teen accused of luring the victim who were home for the beating. We've helped guests and potential guests in the past when they need financial assistance to come on the show, assisting with clothing allowance, lost wages, accommodations, travels, and necessities, Corigliano wrote. In this case, certain staff members went beyond our guidelines, in other words, the bail being paid. These staff members have been spoken to and our policies reiterated. In addition, we've decided not to go forward with the story as our guidelines have been compromised. Doctor, fill my ass. Late Saturday night, Polk County Sheriff's Office spokesman Scott Wilder said only two of the 18s remain jailed. The eight teenagers, trailer trash, whose ages range from 14 to 18, face kidnapping and misdemeanor battery charges. Three also face a felony charge of witness tampering. They're accused of participating in a violent, wild beating of another teenager, which was videotaped and now been viewed widely on national TV and the internet, on YouTube, etc. A judge said bails ranging from 30 to 37 grand for each during their first court appearances on Friday. The state attorney's office says all will be tried as adults. And fried, hopefully. Fry him on Dr. Phil. In 80 sheer, easy. McGraw drew criticism earlier this year when he confronted troubled pop star Britney Spears at the UCLA Medical Center during a stay at the facility. At one point, McGraw had planned an episode of the Dr. Phil show about Spears, but quickly abandoned the idea. He has since apologized for discussing his visit and... Uh-huh. Publicly, uh, we're discussing his visit publicly and going to see her. Well, it's chopped off at the ass end, okay? Give me a little Rachmanis, will you please, even if you don't know what that means. Give me some Rachmanis. And happy Pesach, by the way. To you too. Oh, it's uh, a wonderful time of the year. We have our matzahs and we can't eat any good food and we eat a lot of dreck and uh, a lot of butter on the matzah, butter and salt. Ever have matzah? It's like eating cardboard. Yes, I have. Yes, it's like it eating cardboard. It's crap. Oh, but let's get some Pesadiki candies, too. Not. 
All this nonsense. And last night they wasted almost two hours on CNN talking to Swillery and uh, Barack Obama. They could have talked about important stuff, but no. It's about the clergy and the religion and mixing religion, and, which, of course, it's a moot point in the first place because they're not supposed to be mixing religion and politics. So what the hell's the point of it? It's like talking about frying people on television, you know. I mean, it's a good idea, but it's not going to happen. Relixing, uh, mixing religion and politics is a bad idea at any time. So what was the point of it? Oh, look at that. Delta Northwest merger is a go, according to CNN. Aren't you excited? Oh, so excited. Now, I hope they're inspecting their planes. 597 votes on the poll. What are we shooting for today? 750? Oh, let's go for 8. 800? Well, we had, you know, it's Monday. We can't, we can't do much on Monday because of that Sunday. The audience says, and I've got three now, three people on MySpace who've uh, sent their very best. All right. To honor my signing five more years. Oh, my God, you're going to be on until you're 100 years old. That's right. I told you I'm going to croak on the ear. Didn't I tell you that a long time ago? Haven't I been saying that for a long time? Yes, you have. Yeah, and I will. I'll work until I croak, until I can't work no more. And why not? It's a good thing to have that paycheck come in. And why the hell should I pee away? I mean, I could take all my life savings and go to the Woodbine every day. How do you think that would work out? Oh, uh, you know, nothing not more. Well. There is nothing more pathetic, and I mean this from the bottom of my foot. There is nothing more pathetic than people who go to a casino or a racetrack hoping to win money that they need. You know what I mean by that? What do you mean by that? Hoping to win money to pay the rent, to pay their car payment, to pay their uh, credit card bills, hoping to win money that they need to have. You don't understand that? Yeah. There are a lot of people who do that. They do do. And then when they leave, they do do a lot, usually in their pants. I can relate to that. That'd be a good poll question. How many more times before they, uh, Neil's new contract ends do you think he'll poop his pants? Why don't you How many more them? times? About 30, man. 598 votes. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience. You bet. 278. Hmm. The last hour I spent with my father or mother, 101. Uh, an exotic vacation I was on, 55. When I first met my spouse, 47. When my first child was born, 44. The last time I was with my best friend, 29. When I graduated high school or college, 20. When I told my ex, we're through, 11. My wedding day, 9. And my wedding night, only 4. It ain't what it's cracked up to be. 11.13 at QAM. Once there was a senator who was caught indulging a habit A boogeron not much different like a typical neocon faggot You fairy! Thanks up to Larry, we all thank you For giving writers something funny to do Oh, invite you to in hell. 
560 WQM. Happy Monday, April 14th. It's almost Pesach, baby. Wow, I bet you Chris is all worked up about that. I'm so happy. And since you've already enjoyed the wonders of matzah, maybe you're going to be eating matzah for several days. No, thank you. Like regular bread. Maybe you could take the rimmers to uh, dinner. That would be a good idea. Uh, Do they have a dollar store for food? You could fly up to Columbus and you could take them to dinner several times. I mean, I was glad to see them. I haven't seen them in years. And the funniest part of it is I was I was going down the escalator. You know, we arranged to meet at a certain restaurant. Mm-hmm. I was going down the escalator, and there they were. They were like six feet away from me. They were just wandering through the strip shopping center, and there they were. How could that happen again in a million years? ESPN. Then I thought to myself, boy, this must be on lucky day. Now, they're, they're fine, especially Farrell. She's sweet. His wife is sweet. He's uh, what he is, you know. He's Rimmer. Rimmer! Hey, Rimmer! How about uh, dinner, Rimmer? So I made sure that I told him about the fact that I was taking a huge pay cut, and, of course, uh, don't expect any more Ruth Chris anytime soon. That was, that was the beauty of the lunch. It was like 60 bucks for the three of us. Did they like their Happy Meal? 60 bucks. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good stuff, you know. Oh, I could see. I could see the sad look in Rimmer's face. He missed that big, juicy steak, you know. And the one thing about when I would take them to Ruth Chris, he would order everything. Uh, I'll have the salad and the soup, onion soup, and uh, big, the biggest steak you got. And uh, then, of course, we'd stick around for coffee and dessert like that, you know. Hey, if it's free, it's for him. Do you know him? No. No. Do you know who he is? Of course. From the Panthers? See. We love the Panthers. No playoffs again. Some good playoff games, by the way. I'm sure that you're not watching them. Maybe it's the Rimmer curse. Are you watching any of the playoff no. games, the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs? You are not. You're watching Tiger Woods, though. I actually didn't watch it. Which tells me what kind of a guy you are. Tiger Woods, my ass. Oh, Tiger, Tiger. Everybody cares about Tiger. No, that's only if you have no life you care about freaking Tiger watching stupid people play golf. Jesus, K. Christ, that, it makes me angry. You know, I'm one of those people, I believe, you know, live and let live. Do whatever you want. Don't hurt anybody, but just you know, do what you want. But watching golf. In the seventh race was the Park Avenue division for the three-year-old Phillies in the New York Stallion State. I mean, what's more exciting, horse racing or golf? Is it current horse racing or repeat? Current horse racing. Going to the races, watching horses race and maybe betting a couple of bucks. Oh, going course. to the races, yeah. How about that thing we had with George on Friday where I won him uh, 31 bucks? Lots of fun. That was fun. I'm sure the audience hated it like poison, but you know what? Too bad. Too bad. They're spending a lot of money with us, and George is making a few extra bucks, and that's the way it goes. When I signed this new deal, there was nothing in the deal that says, well, every time you do a show, it's got to be like really scintillating, entertaining, and you've got to talk about something that everybody cares about. No. Just show up every day and get a lot of spots on the air and fill up four hours. That's what it's all about. 
Mail it in, baby. In fact, you know something? The audience ought to be sending in lots of stamps. Canadian stamps, hopefully, of course. Got to send them from here. Now, do we get any content back to the show? I beg your pardon? Are we going to be getting some of the old content back to the show? Are we allowed to use some words again? Are you a crazy person or what? Or do Uh I have to ask? I work here, don't I? Now, you're you're not asking that seriously, are you? No. Why would we get anything back that we can't play now because I'm going to be here another hundred years? What, what difference does it make how long I'm going to be here? You just don't get it. You're in, you're in denial. I was hoping. Well, ain't going to happen. I mean, I could play like a little bit of some of these. like. Uh, Listen to me. This is Stan Beinstein for Sofa King. Yeah, I can play that. And that's as far as I can play it. Ain't going to be like it used to be, okay? Those people, oh, gee, the show isn't what it used to be. Well, life isn't what it used to be, okay? Freedom of speech isn't what it used to be. Radio and television aren't what they used to be. Get used to it, okay? I don't like it. They don't like it. Too bad. That's the way it is. got to make a living. And so if they tie your hand, you hear the sirens there? They're coming to get you now. Uh-oh. They heard you asking that idiotic question. They're coming to get your fat ass. I think i got time to run since they're in uh, Toronto. Speaking of fat ass... Patrick Deep Dish Bertoletti looked down at the litter of empty oyster shells in front of him and savored the sweet taste of victory. For crazy legs, Cotty, the bitter taste of defeat, could be washed away only by beer. The Acme World Oyster Eating Championship belt, leather with a silver dish featuring an oyster on the half shell, hung on Bertoletti's skinny hips. The 22-year-old Chicago resident took the title Saturday by slurping 35 dozen of the big bivalves in eight minutes. What the hell is a bivalve? I have no idea. Oysters. I guess. I could probably do a couple of those more, especially if they were charbroiled, said Bertoletti, who holds the endurance oyster eating record, having down 53 and a half dozen in 2007 before calling it quits, although they're great raw, he said. Cotty, the defending champion, tied for third, sucking down 24 dozen. Well, he ain't no Marilyn Monroe. There's supposed to be an aphrodisiac, said Connie, whose real name is Crazy Legs. <laughs> but I think that's only true for about the first three dozen. When you get up higher than that, you don't want much activity for a while. His real name is Crazy Legs, right. Like Crazy Legs Hirsch. Juliet Lee, 43, of Germantown, Maryland, is formerly a Ningjing University chemistry professor, methodically polished off 31 and a half dozen for second place. A dozen professional eaters who compete in Major League Eaters events year-round squared off at the French Quarter Festival on Saturday. Major League Eating describes itself as a sports franchise that oversees all professional competitive eating events and competitive eating television specials. I'll tell you one thing, it's a lot more entertaining than golf. I'd rather hear about uh, Crazy Legs than about the Tiger. Oh, Tiger, if Tiger makes a run, uh... It puts on the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest as well as other events such as the World Deep Fried Asparagus Eating Championship and the National Sweet Corn Eating Championship. And boy, let me tell you, that corn is sure special. Biggest names. The now best tell you where you stick it to. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Walk away. And there will be an end to the horror. It's that time of year again when thousands of fresh-faced hopefuls put everything on the line to win America's vote. This is American Political Idol. Tonight on Fox. I had this unusual experience. I remember landing under sniper fire.
I made a mistake. That happens. It proves I'm human. I never respect you. With all due respect. Yeah, she wanted to bend over backwards. Do it. Do it. Bend over backwards. Backwards. Bend over backwards. Upside down and backwards. Do it. Did you honestly think that you had any chance of getting through and winning? I'm in. I'm in to win. Well, then you're nuts. Chill out. We're going to win this election. I'm going to reach out with a hook in a moment. You know. <laughs> 1132, I'm going to tell you, South Florida, they really come through for you. Here's the first comment posted on the Herald website to Barry Jackass's column. Mm-hmm. Rogers, stale and boring. Posted by Whole Truthy. How do you like that? Oh, well. Stale and boring. It says, now if we can get Glenn Beck back on 6.10 in the morning. The footy show is awful. Dave Lamont and Rush are both good. What? Who knows what that means? Here's one that says, Neil God, lonely $50 from some schmuck. Phil Henry equals Neil Rogers. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Phil Henry equals Neil Rogers? Agreed. Footy is just bad. I stopped listening to WID in the morning because of him, somebody writes. Footy, you suck. And that wasn't Duff who wrote that. That was somebody else who hates you like poison and knows your show's a joke. Let's see. Here's one that says, so according to Alice... I see, that's not it. Not about that. How about about 30? Somebody writes, how about 30? These are the creators. Yeah, about 30, man, somebody writes. About 30, man. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! And I still got those same three or four uh, MySpace people. We don't care about you anymore. Just take the checks and leave us alone, okay? We don't care. You're old. You're boring and stale. You're stale. You're like last year's Halavah. That's the soft water response for you, baby. And then, of course, uh, throwing back a few lines like, third, like that. And then some, a bunch of idiotic crap. Cause, and, and you wonder why we don't take phone calls? You wonder why we don't take phone calls on this show anymore? You want to take a call or two? What do you say? Um, I have to go in the other room. Oh, that's right. There's nobody in the other room. Well, wait a minute. How are the spots getting played? Well, I'm playing spots from where I sit. To answer, to put a call in the air, I'd have to go where George sits. I see. I can't put calls on the air from over here. Why not? It's just the way it's set up, apparently. So, in other words, if we wanted to take calls today as a way of honoring this uh, great celebra- celebratory moment, we couldn't do it? Or we would just have to try to find someone who wants to sit there and press a button. Well, we don't, we don't want anyway. See the way the Lord works? The Lord works in mysterious ways. If the Lord wanted us to take calls, George wouldn't have been sick today. He'd be sitting where your ass is sitting right now, and you'd be, uh, or, or whatever, you know what I mean. He'd be sitting where he's supposed to be sitting. So, in other words, that room is empty? That is correct. There's nobody in there in that big, huge studio? In memoriam to George not being here, we have it empty. Wow. Well, you know, George, he knows best. Him and Chickenek. Although I think Chickenek at least hasn't made any complaints. Oh, jeez, aren't you going to take care of us? Aren't you going to... Seriously, weren't you kind of shocked when he went into that whole rant on Friday about how I'm... I was supposed to, like, wait to sign the deal until I made sure that he was going to get a raise or something, whatever that crap was all about. 
Um, I'm really not surprised by much around here anymore. So you don't want to say it because you're afraid of George. I'm totally afraid of George. He might, like, you know, stab me or something. No, you are. You're, you're, you're a wuss. I, I never heard such crap in my life. Like, like I'm going to determine at my age, at 165, I'm going to sit here and determine what's going to happen the rest of my career based on whether or not he gets a, a raise at a time when everybody else is getting their pay slashed. There's a, there's a slash and burn, a, a forest fire going on on the payroll. And I'm going to sit back and I made sure that he's in the deal and that the chicken egg, Boca Bryant are in the deal. That's it. That's all I can do. I can only take people by the hand and lead them through life for so long. And, and he's the one, by the way, who's always casting aspersions at friends of mine for being like freeloaders and uh, what, what's the other word he uses? Bums and like that. Hangers on. That's it. Everybody so, else is a hanger on. Everybody else is a lemming. So did you get me in the deal, too? Yeah, you're in there. All right. For a few cents. About 30, man. More than I'm making now. Now, more than that, you're in there for a little uh, increase. Eight bucks. A week. All right. Things are looking up. Yeah, he sometimes just, uh, late, lately especially, it must be the drugs. Or maybe he's got some wild nympho that he's involved with, and maybe she's just turning his brain to jello. I don't know what the deal is. Democrat Barack Obama lashed out Sunday at rival Hillary Rodham Clinton, mocking her sudden vocal support for gun rights and saying he understands the concerns of working-class people. She knows better. Shame on her. Shame on her, he told an audience at a union hall. Here. Where the hell is here? Where, where's here? Don't you love that when the story just starts out cold and it doesn't say, like, where? The Illinois senator spent two days on the defensive after comments he made at the San Francisco fundraiser suggesting working-class people are bitter about their economic circumstances and cling to guns and religion as a result. Clinton has pounded him for the remarks, calling him elitist and divisive. Aren't you bitter about the fact that you're not getting paid any money, Chris? Yes. I'm very bitter. I'm always bitter. Can't you right. After reiterating his regret for his choice of words, Obama turned the tables on Sillery, noting that she accepted campaign contributions from drug and insurance company lobbyists and mocking, among other things, her sudden fealty to the rights of gun owners. She's running around talking about how this is an insult to sportsmen, how she values the Second Amendment. She's talking like she's Annie Oakley, Obama said, invoking the famed female sharpshooter immortalized in the musical Annie Gets Your Gun. Obama continued saying, Hillary Clinton is out there like she's on the duck blind every Sunday. She's packing a six-shooter. Come on, she knows better. That's some politics being played by Swillery, he said. Obama said the former First Lady's history in the White House and Senate have been sick or could get sick. proved she was not as sensitive to the concerns of working-class voters in Pennsylvania and elsewhere as she tried to suggest Pennsylvania's primary is a week from tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. I'm on pins and needles with the searchers. I just have to remind people of the track record, Obama said. This is the same person who took money from financial folks on Wall Street and then voted for bankruptcy bills that make it harder for folks right here in Pennsylvania to get a, a fair shake. Who do you think is out of touch? This is the same person who spent a decade with her husband campaigning for NAFTA and now goes around saying she's opposed to NAFTA, Obama said, referring to the North American Free Trade Agreement that is widely and wildly unpopular in blue-collar communities. The Clinton campaign issued a quick retort to Obama's comments. For months, Barack Obama and his campaign have relentlessly attacked Swillery's character and integrity by using Republican talking points from the 90s, said spokesman Phil Singer. The shame is his. Senator Clinton does know better. She knows better than to condescend and talk down to voters like Senator Obama did. Your mama. Address the needs of the... Uh, get out of here already, okay? Stop the whining. Stop the shrillness. 
take a shrill pill and go away. Go back to a Chappaqua and write another book and get out of our face. So what's the scuttlebutt around the building? Are people running around like doing cartwheels in the hallway there or just nobody cares anymore? Um... I mean, I saw that Jolly Joe sent that email out to everybody who ever had entered the building, even in people on the street corner, people that used to work for the uh, place downstairs. We have a, uh, there's an airplane flying it around the uh, stadium right now. There you got a banner plane? Yep. It's a banner day at QAM, baby. Neil Rogers signs for another 100 years. Oh! Retire! Retire, you old goat. No, I'm, I'm going to be here just to piss those people off. And for the money. I think it's 1140, 20 till noon at 560 WQM. It's back, and it's huge. Exotica, Miami Beach, the largest adult event on the East Coast, is coming back to South Florida this weekend at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Exotica, presented by Hot Movies, features the hottest adult star signing autographs, wild live entertainment, super sexy seminar series, over 200 exhibitors. That's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Don't miss exhibitors like Girls Gone Wild and the all-female Pillow Fight League. Go VIP and get access to the Crazy Horse Saloon, VIP Lounge, and VIP Autograph Lines. Come meet stars like Jesse Jane, Tara Patrick, Stormy Daniels, and lots more. Tickets are available online at ExoticaMiamiBeach.com or on site at the Convention Center Box Orifice. Exotica Miami Beach, come and get sexy. Sorry, no squares allowed, and they mean it. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. On a Monday, I'm waiting Italian night. Oh, this is the one that's got the uh, big uh, gap here in the middle. The talk over the uh, the bed. Yep. Well, let's go to bed, everybody. Let's go back to bed. Tell me when it's time to come back. Seymour Butts is a new friend on MySpace. Aren't you excited? Um, no, not really. Me either. 
But I, uh, I approved it. You know, I approve them all now. I don't care. I don't give a crap. Except for uh, there was one on there. Bob Lasseter's picture was on it. You think Blabo uh, wants to be on a MySpace page? No. 649 votes on the poll. So many a-holes out there in so little time, man. That's why I'm glad that I got almost six more years to uncover all the rest of them. I mean, you know, in 32 and a half years, you can uncover a whole bunch, but not all of them. And won't it be great when we go to Gulfstream on the 17th? Are you going to come out there that day? So on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, I think I might try to make it out there. Well, wouldn't that be exciting? We can have like a big reunion out there. Do I have to uh, kiss your pinky ring? No. No, stay away from me, okay? Just stay away. Just wave. Say, hey, I'm Chris. I'll say, oh, okay. I'll, throw I'll some wave change. from afar. That's right. I'll say, I'll, I'll send you over to a good machine, man. Sounds good. I still don't know what that whole deal is going to be all about or where we're going to be or what we're going to be doing or, or whatever. Maybe I'll do a slot machine seminar. Well, think it's going to be like in uh, Godfather. You know, you're going to sit on a chair. People are going to line up. are going to come and kiss my thing, yeah. my th- ring. Mm-hmm. Like Bubba would say, just kiss it. It's all good. Kiss it. 650 votes on the pool. I'm not going to read the result. I'm the, uh, what's the point? They know what it is. The Monday polls are like, I don't know what you call them. Bad. That's not a bad poll, though, you know? Yeah, you know, it's not too bad, hey. And unfortunately, I, I, jeez, I lost all those great Charlie B. polls because I had a George emailed it to me. Instead mm-hmm. of faxing them like we used to do, oh, now Charlie B. emails them. Saving paper. So instead of getting the faxes, which I put in a nice little pile here and I never lose them, I had it there on my Yahoo, and, of course, now it's all been deleted because it empties the trash, you know, every so many days. It's all gone. And once it's gone, you got it. It's gone. So I lost. I'm sure that there must have been a whole bunch more on there. Now, is there any way for you to retrieve those or not? Um, It's probably in his email, so he would have to do it. Well, don't forget to remind him tomorrow, okay, assuming he comes back tomorrow. Maybe he'll be in heavy contract negotiations with Joe Bell tomorrow. All right, so I'll send him a text while I'm not coming in tomorrow. Well, that's right. You're not coming in tomorrow. I forgot about that. But, well, what kind of a show is this anyway, okay? I'm going to be here another 400 years, but uh, George ain't here, and then Chris ain't here, and then one day I'm not here, and it's like the QMF and way. It's the way this station's always been. It's the Three Stooges. Gee, no, it's not. Not no more. Maureen Dowd writes, standing by his woman. He says, Hillary's right. She says, Hillary's right. The boys are holding her back. And the worst part is, they're her own boys. Fresh from pushing the preposterous mark penned to the rear of her leaky boat, Hillary has to deal with Bill making waves again. He spent the week taking the fun out of dysfunction, putting the eye in id, and getting flaky just when Hillary has to be flawless. In a mystifying burst of nuttiness, right in time for the Sunday talk shows, Bill twice dredged up Hillary's Rococo story about sniper fire in Bosnia. He defended his wife on confusing her facts by confusing his facts, a disconcerting reminder about what climbing back on a presidency built for two would be like. A lot of the way this whole campaign has been covered has amused me, the unamused former president said Thursday night in Boonville, Indiana. He's absolutely crazed, and not just because he feels he never got the sort of incandescent press coverage that Obama gets, except maybe when he and Al Gore were on that bus hailed as heartthrobs of the heartland. Bill is also crazed about the ineluctable fact that he isn't Obama. He can't compute that he's not the new kid on the block, says a former Clinton advisor. It's about his mortality and immortality. He needs her to win because if she doesn't become president, he goes down as a minor president. If she wins, it's the Adamses and the Roosevelts and the Clintons. But he knows it's going down the drain and that Obama's the hot new thing and that they're the establishment retreads. The 22nd Amendment, not to mention his dwindling political skills, prevents Bill from doing what he really wants done, the demolition of the Obama phenomenon. Instead, he's stuck propping up a candidate who is not a natural. 
Bill's horse whisperer, Doug Sosnick, a former White House aide who was dispatched to keep him calm and play hearts, and oh, hell with him, has been out of the country recently. His other personable aide, Matt McKenna, left to manage Hillary's Montana campaign. The big dog was unguarded. Boy, so many big dogs in so little time, you know. Hillary started telling her tall tale about Bosnia as early as January and continued until her Iraq speech on March 17th at George Washington University. Bill mistakenly asserted that she had told the story only once at 11 p.m. when she was tired and immediately admitted her mistake. And, oh, they acted like she was practically mad Hari, you know, just making up all this stuff. He said, adding, and you would have thought, you know, that she'd robbed a bank all the way they carried on about this. Given her 3 a.m. ads, that's got to be her hedge fund manager on the phone, it wasn't very flattering for Bill to rant on and suggest that her 60-year-old brain was fuzzy. In a characteristic bout of self-pity, he accused the press of a double standard about misstatements. Straining to recover on Friday and give the illusion that President Hillary would keep him reined in, Bill told the press, Hillary called me and said, You don't remember this. You weren't there. Let me handle it. I said, Yes, ma'am. And don't be doing that Monica no more. Yes, ma'am. Just as Mark Penn got Hillary into trouble with the conflict of interest on the Columbia Free Trade Agreement, so did her husband. In the trade deal, your husband received $800,000 for four speaking engagements, essentially for the trade deal or by a group that supports the trade deal, a reporter said to Hillary in Pennsylvania. You've given your money to your campaign. Is that a conflict of interest? Hillary responded with that mirthless, don't go there, laugh. Oh, gee, if I'd only been prepared for that, you know what? That laugh. I mean, she said dismissively, how many angels dance on the head of a pin? <laughs> but the dubious deals of her husband, a seven-diamond influence peddler, do provide an unsavory contrast with some of the candidates' positions. The larger point of last week's imbroglio about Bosnia is that Hillary Stretcher offers an interesting insight into her thinking. After the health care disaster, she retreated into traditional first lady duties, teas, hospital openings, traveling around the world on goodwill missions. The job of First Lady could be amazing for someone who took advantage of its potential. Bono shows that good fame properly and can do. But after she got knocked back as co-president, Hillary felt trapped in the East Wing, ineffectual and marginalized, which is probably why she felt need to retroactively add some heft to her travelogue in Bosnia and Ireland. You can't go from being a self-loathing First Lady to a self-aggrandizing about being First Lady. Oh, I sure didn't read that too good. That's okay, though. Because I don't have enough stamps to mail it in right here today. But I'm sure that the audience is going to be coming through real big. Just like they were on that, uh, on that Barry Jackass piece on the Herald there. You ought to see all the comment. All three or four of them, man. I'll have to go. Just like the ones on my MySpace page, huh? I'll have to go. No, you won't. Nothing there. I, I read them all. And then there's one that says something about, oh, good going, Neil. A good business move. And, uh, you know, what's losing a few hundred thousand a year? You're still a kicking ass and blah, 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 like that. I mean, the people who hang out and write comments on the Internet, have you ever done that? Uh, no. I mean, what kind of people do that? People who like... Uh, Absolutely. I have no life. Like that. And there's that sad picture again. And look at this. They got an ad hurricane crap over my face. That's bad. Get that hurricane crap off my puss. Oh, here's one that says, I don't listen to sports talk, but sometimes I turn Neil on. On WQA. He used to be very funny and take phone calls from idiots. It was good. But now, he's not funny, doesn't take calls anymore. He spends all his time talking now about ice cream flavors, blood sugar, and restaurants that closed ten years ago. He should have quit ten years ago, too. Posted by Raw.
Oh, I feel so bad. Don't I? No. They're all, and you know they're all listening right now, don't you? Uh-huh. They all want to hear their crap get on the air. So just send a bunch of crap, a bunch of stupid-ass hostile comments there to Barry Jackass story in the Herald. And I'll read them all on the air. You suck, Neil. Retire. You should have quit ten years ago. You're boring. You're old. You're stale. You're rotten. And you're listening. They're listening. As the rumination continues over Barack Obama's comments about economically depressed small-town voters, statements made by Bill Clinton on the same topic, uttered while he was running for President in 91, have now surfaced. The reason George Bush's tactic works so well now is that you have all these economically insecure white people who are scared to death. Clinton was quoted by saying in the L.A. Times, September 91. A couple of months later, Joe Klein, writing for the Sunday Times, reported that Clinton made the following remarks. You know, Bush wants to divide us over race. I'm from the South. I understand this. This quota deal I'm going to pull in the next election is the same old scam they've been pulling on us for decade after decade after decade. When their economic policies fail, when the country's coming apart rather than coming together, what do they do? They find the most economically insecure white men and scare the living daylights out of them. They know if they can keep us looking at each other across a racial divide, if we can look at Bobby Rush and think, Bobby wants my job, my promotion, and neither of us can look at George Bush and say, what happened to everybody's job? What happened to everybody's income? What have you done to our country? And it goes on. It's the same, same old cat. But if uh, Obama says it, it's bad because he's uh, condescending and he's, a, he's a, uh, an uppity black guy. That's all. Who the hell does he think he is? Am I right? Yep. He's an uppity black dude who thinks that all of a sudden that the white people are going to accept him just because he's got a brain and he speaks well, you know, and says things that make sense. And doesn't just expect to be elected because he used to be married to the president. 665 votes on your poll. I think 800 is uh, doable today, as if as if that makes a difference. Wouldn't you think on the day of the announcement of my uh, new signing that we'd at least get 800 votes? I will do it. Don't ever expect too much from the South Florida audience, or from South Florida in general. Don't expect too much. We only need 1.1. If they fart, it doesn't smell too bad. Consider it's a great day. Four minutes till noon at 560 WQM. Week after week, more and more people are taking advantage of Neil's half-price deals on... WQM.com. And this week is no exception. Starting Thursday, you'll be able to buy $100 certificates for just 50 bucks to the legendary 15th Street Fisheries in Fort Lauderdale, where dining is both a visual and culinary feast. The panoramic views of the Intracoastal are unsurpassed, and the food is sensational. Try appetizers like ahi tuna tartare or tempura shrimp and calamari. Feast on fabulous seafood entrees like Maine lobster, grilled mahi-mahi, Asian spiced pan-seared snapper, grilled salmon, pan-seared wahoo filet, and too many more to mention. Plus, they feature a great filet mignon or a 14-ounce New York strip for meat lovers. 15th Street Fisheries, where 15th Street meets the Intercoastal in Fort Lauderdale. For reservations, call 954-763-2777. And don't forget, thanks to me, on Thursday, you'll be able to buy $100 certificates for half price. The store opens Thursday at noon on WQAM.com. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This is Brady Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. This is the Situation Room. In for the vacationing Wolf Blitzer, the newest addition to the best news team on television, Gildy Gildstein. Hey there, little dude. 
We got a situation. What's the situation? Well, it's not a groovy situation. It's more like a... A situation? Sure. Is it a sports-related situation? Well, that's the situation. You don't got to be. We're on CNN. The best damn news team anywhere in the universe. Uh, well, like, it's a good thing we got a room for this. A restroom? No. Situation room, man. We'll be right back after this five-minute block of pharmaceutical and big oil ads. Corporate is your friend. Okay, so you're out of the closet, uh, Gildy. Rimmer outed you yesterday at lunch, all the uh, shenanigans he was pulling there. But, you know, it's uh, always a good idea to have oh, that up closet. somebody's... Rectum. What? I said, oh, that closet. Yeah, that, that, uh, yeah. 1201 at 560 WQAM. Can't you smell the excitement in the air today? Uh, something. Maybe that's because Zach was in there earlier. So Zach is going to be um, working for you tomorrow? That's correct. And what's going to happen if Zach is still sick tomorrow? I'm probably too sick to work. Then I guess he just won't be talking very much. Because George is allegedly coming back tomorrow, although I might get another text message in the morning saying, Oh, gee, I'm still sick, and I'm uh, negotiating with uh, Jolly Joe Bell, and Norman don't want to talk to me, and Norman don't want uh, nothing to do with you, George. Well, then maybe Joe Bell can come in here and uh, push buttons. Doug Thompson writes, see, I'm getting choked up about it. Doug Thompson writes the bitter truth about America. If Hillary Clinton manages somehow to wrest the Democratic presidential nomination from Barack Obama, it'll serve as a bitter reminder that telling the truth is all too often suicidal in politics. Obama told the truth when he said small-time America is bitter about the declining quality of life. He told the truth when he said the small-minded cling to their guns and their religion as crutches to prop themselves up against the pathetic realities of their failed lives. Doug says, I'm a product of small-town America raised in a Blue Ridge Mountain community, population 435. I gladly left that restricted, fundamentalist-dominated environment behind in 1965 to pursue a career that included big cities, worldwide travel, and life in the fast lane. Yet with a big city-born wife, I returned 40 years later, seeking refuge in that same small-town solitude that seemed so stifling four decades earlier. We saw some signs of change. Barack Obama carried our small county in the Democratic primary earlier this year. A mixed-race couple owned the town's most well-known restaurant, and a Catholic church was under construction in this bastion of Southern Baptist fundamentalism. But change comes hard in small-town America. Outside one local polling place, a local musician overheard an overalls-clad farmer telling someone that when Hillary Clinton is the only other choice, I'm forced to vote for the nigger. Local blogger Colleen Redmond reported the following. Animated woman, if Obama's president, the black people are going to take over, they'll line up us white people and shoot us. Postal clerk, I think you should go home and go back to bed so you can wake up again. The local women's club sponsored an annual arts and craft fair at the local high school and invites a revisionist, self-published revisionist author whose books claim blacks prospered under slavery. The same high school has a redneck hall where only racist spouting white boys are allowed to hang out. Redneck hall. When I left the area, the small-minded directed their bitterness toward blacks. That bitterness remains with the aging old-timers, but they have a new target, a growing community of Mexican immigrants, both legal and illegal. Fundamentalist preachers rant and rail against plans to put a state-owned liquor store in a county, but those same ministers look the other way at the entrenched racism. In an adjoining county, the Ku Klux Klan thrives and holds rallies at the birthplace of Booker T. Washington. Yes, small-town America is bitter, small-town America is angry, small-town America is ignorant, frightened, intolerant, and small-minded. Barack Obama told the truth when he said small-town America is bitter. That bitterness gave George W. Bush eight years in office. 
That same bitterness could put another Clinton in the White House. Legendary journalist H.L. Mencken once said that nobody ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. The same is too often true of politics. Few, if any, politicians ever lost an election by underestimating the ignorance, anger, and intolerance of the American voter. How do you like that? Doug Thompson, man, he's pissed off and fired up again. Pissed up and fired off. Don't it sound like it to you? Of course. You bet. Always. 685 votes on the poll. Oh, there's that uh, screamer again on CNN. Ali Felching. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience, 317. By the way, we're going to be talking about ice cream flavors the rest of the show. I don't want to disappoint that guy, the raw guy. I want the Cold Stone this weekend. And? Mmm. <laughs> that was my once uh, every six months thing. Yeah, right. You're so full of crap. No, thankfully they're in places I don't normally go to because that stuff, it's so good, but it's so rich. Well, then where did you go this weekend to find it? I took the uh, parents out for my mother's birthday to uh, Bonefish Grill. Great food. And then in like the little shopping center they had, they had a uh, Cold Stone like three, door da- three doors down. So we walked around for a little while. And then we came back and got some ice cream to take home. What a pig. Yep. Disgusting. What, it was, what, what, oh, what flavor? Uh, Founder's favorite, I think it is. What the hell is that? It's the sweet cream or whatever with uh, a little bit of brownie, some pecans, and then uh, two syrups. I think, hot, I guess, uh, caramel and hot chocolate or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I took it home. I had a little bit when I got home. Then I had a little bit a couple hours later because that stuff is just too Were good. Were you fudge packing? Just too sweet. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. After you finished the first quart, it was just... No, 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 no. I don't get quarts. Enough to make your head, like, spin a little bit. Get like yeah, Let's the, uh, talk ice cream size. for the next four and a half years. Let's start making an ice cream show. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream on the Neil Rogers Show on QAM. What do you say, huh? All right. All right. Just to make raw real happy and raw. Which he's probably raw right now because I'm talking about that uh, stupid... All the people are write that crap on all of those things. All the comments. Mm-hmm. They're the same people that you'll find in the chat rooms. Like that. And, and most of it has nothing to do with whatever the article was that they're uh, referring to, responding to. And, and it has to do with them responding to the other people who are making comments. Oh, you're such a jerk, uh, Raw. And you're, you're like, like that, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a tinkling contest. And once it gets going, it's like, like snowballs. You know, it's back and forth and back and forth. It's just stupid crap. From lifeless a-hole. I have no life. That's right. 687 on the pool. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience. 318. 46.2%. The last hour I spent with my father or mother, uh, mother, 118. An exotic vacation I was on, 61. An exotic vacation. What, what, what is an exotic vacation? Can you define that for me? What, what does that mean? Um, like to Hawaii or something like that? Well, I guess if that's exotic for you, sure. Maybe going to Polynesia, Amsterdam. Amsterdam is an exotic, maybe erotic back in the day, but not exotic. I guess it all depends on... About uh, as exotic as going to Watts. When my first child was born, 54. When I first met my spouse, 54. The last time I was with, with, with my best friend, 32. When I graduated high school or college, 22. When I told my ex, we're through, 14. My wedding day, 10. My wedding night, only 4. Well, that doesn't uh, speak all that well about wedding nights. 
Because nowadays, like in the last 50 years, by the time guys get to their wedding nights, they've already been screwing their brains out for years, you know. How was your wedding night? So we're not, we're, you're not going to be there tomorrow, did you say? No, I won't be here tomorrow. Well, Paul Krugman writes, Crisis of Confidence. Do I have time to do this before the break? No. I don't want to be boring and read a whole lot of newspaper articles here. I want to take a bunch of really entertaining calls. When's the last time we had an entertaining call? About 30 years ago. See, this is what cracks me up. It's like the people with all the advice. Oh, you should go to Sirius, Neil. You should do this. You should do that. And they haven't got any idea what they're talking about. None. They haven't got a freaking clue. That's the same thing with the calls. There's one comment on it. Oh, take calls, Neil. And, of course, uh, I don't want them. I don't want them. I'm not going to. Maybe once in a great while, if we ever get this thing working again here, which, you know, who knows. Now, did you make a note to tell somebody about that? Yep. Maybe George could talk me through it, you know, getting the router going again. I mean, I, I probably can do it. I, I just don't want to lose my Internet. Well, what's the point of going through a whole thing and risking losing the Internet when I don't take the calls 99% of the time anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when Dave Johnson calls on the 5th of May or whatever day that is on the Derby Day, I'm sure, or the day before that, uh, you guys can punch him up there, right? Yes, we can. Well, there you go. Now, who else calls that I want to talk to? Anybody? No. Prozac! Prozac! Chamba! Hi, Ron! Then it's, uh, it's done. It's finished. Hey, maybe you'll get to see them finally when you make your appearance. You know something? I'm going to leave that in somebody else's hands. And if, they, if there's any of those creeps that show up there on that day, I want to make sure that they're escorted as far away as humanly possible. To the stables? To, yeah, to the stables and, and kick their horse's ass. Why the hell would any... And, and the fact that they didn't show up this last time goes to show you that uh, maybe... Uh, what's his name? Sean. Sean the pool guy. Maybe he intimidated us so, so much that uh, they're, they're uh, scared now. Oh, they're going to come and get us now. They're going to put a butterfly net in... And they only should. They only should. Because if there's one area that your close personal friend Jolly Joe really dropped the ball on, and corporate as well, that was it. When you let a handful of misfits just to take over. When you're doing a talk station, allegedly, and you let a handful of misfits take over the phone. And then you come up with this lame excuse. Well, there's nothing we can do. We give out the numbers. Yeah, so does everybody else who's in business give out the numbers. That doesn't mean they're soliciting lunatics to call up every day. Am I right about that? Yes. Is there any doubt? No. But, you know, we, here we've we got go. four we just, of them on uh, hold right now, too. Yeah, four what on hold? Lunatics, I guess. They're, call, they're trying to call even though we're not taking calls. Well, how, how you got them on hold? For what? Well, not on hold. They're just sitting there hoping, I guess. Well, you could run in the other room. I can do that, except it's break time. I don't mean, I don't mean right now, but when you come back, you could run in the other room and okay, punch we'll a few up. All right, sounds good. Real fast. <laughs> Or the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Back in, in the church.
absolutely. 1217 at 560 WQAM. we got the jerk show coming up at 2 o'clock with those heat stats. Yeah. All right, that log. Now, speaking of log, now, are you in the uh, other room now? No, but I'll go in there right now. You ready? Oh, wait, no, we have no calls right now. Everybody hung up. Well, if, listen. By the time you waddle in there, there will right, be some I'm heading calls, over there right okay? now. Heading over there right now. God, you are such a... Well, there's no calls. There's no point in my exerting the uh, energy to walk in the other room. You might burn off like four calories, okay? Five six seven oh five sixty. They want calls, man. That's what it said on that one posting there on Barry's fine column. They want calls. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon singular wireless line. Maybe we'll get some really good calls about ice cream. You never know. Are you ready? Well, you got some. QAM. Hello. Yeah, there you go. QAM, hello. QAM, hello. So how, how many are there, by the way? We got one more. QAM, hello. WQAM. Yeah, hey, it's Woody. Yeah. This is Chris? Woody Graber. Woody Graber. No kidding. Yeah. What do you want, Woody? <laughs> hey, how you doing? I didn't realize you had picked up, Neil. Then why hey, did you call? Why, why did you wait? Wait a minute. Why did you call if you didn't think we were going to pick up? No, I thought you were going to pick up. I thought I thought Chris was picking up. Yeah, he's picking up all right. <laughs> well, I just want to congratulate you really on on having the guts mm-hmm. to stay in this market mm-hmm. for another five years. Uh huh. But we couldn't do it without you. Couldn't do what? Live. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but no, really, I mean, you, you do brighten up my day. Really? Yeah, very doesn't much doesn't say so. much about your life, Woody, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, though, um, I, I heard you said the Isle Casino has tight slots. Yes. I won a $1,300 jackpot there on a 10-cent machine. Well, congratulations. I'm, I'm real happy for you, Woody. Yeah. And then the next time I want to The slots there are tighter than a, a, a snare drum. Well, actually, you know, the first time I went there, yeah, they were really tight. The, the past couple times I've been there, I've been winning. So just been my, I guess, my luck. Well, I'm glad you found a good machine, Mom. I found a really good machine. Really okay. nice. Get a haircut. Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Neil, congratulations. Bye-bye. Thanks, Woody. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Well, there was a whole bunch of people we didn't want to talk to. Is there anything more on there? Probably not. Yeah, there are. There are? Hello? Hello? Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Also, like to say congratulations, me and the boyfriend. Oh, get out of here! It's Reverend Jones. Yeah, we got a couple more too. If you want them? Me and the boyfriend. Sure. QAM. Hello. <laughs> QAM. Forget that Neil. one. Yes, sir. You think Susan Gray likes fish food? Yeah, another one, idiot. QAM. Hello. Okay. Okay, go back in the other room. <laughs> okay. Neil, we want you to take some calls, Neil. That was very really entertaining. You had the Susan Gray guy, you had Reverend Jones, and you had Chamba and Prozac Ron, and you had the... Uh... I got news for it. When you take a bunch of calls and Woody Graber is the best call, what, what does that tell you? Oh, my God. There are no callers. Don't you understand it? There are no callers. There's no such thing anymore. It doesn't exist. And if you're going to tell me about the callers on the sports shows, I'm going to really pee in my pants. Or worse. 
What's that guy's name? I keep forgetting it. I have a Stormcat? mental block. Stormcat, yeah. Hey, Stormy. How's it going, Stormy? What do you think of the tiger, Stormy? You know, you're going to get him not to Mark the you. Jets fan and Richie from Boarshead. You're going to get Stormy not to listen to you anymore. Well, what makes you think Stormy listens to this show? I don't know. And you know what? Bye-bye, Stormy. If that's what it takes to get him off that phone, um, or, or what's this show got to do? He doesn't call us anyway. Do you yes. hear Stormy calling in during that? Um, you hear the sirens again? Yes. You can really hear him, how huh? loud and screaming. Almost sound like it's out here. As soon as they heard Stormy, man, all, all the sirens started here. They can't handle you, Stormy. You're killing, you're killing poor Joe. You're killing the radio station. All the chronic callers, man. You're killers. You're butchers. You're lunatics. You're maniacs. You're I have, I have no life. Lifeless idiots. Just like the, the people in the chat room and the people who write these stupid moronic comments. All, all that those posting things do, all, all of that's accomplished, it's given people a chance to take a cheap shot at anybody, including each other. Once they get started on there, and start, you'll notice. Am I, am I right? Yep. All the postings, they start bitching at each other. Oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about, and you're such a jerk, and blah, 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 blah. Get your facts straight. And, and, and it, it keeps veering further and further away from whatever the article was about. That yeah, well, was really... the article about you, yeah. there's stuff about Alicia Keys on there. Yeah, I, I know I was that. like, what? Yeah, but that, that, that's in the bottom of the article. Oh, okay, it all right. I didn't read Alicia the whole article, so. there's, there's another. Well, read the whole thing there, mister, so you know what you're talking about. You're starting to sound like Bubba now. Oh, well. Making a lot of noise, but you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I used to like Bubba, too, a lot. I used to think he was just fine, you know, especially compared to what we got now. Mm-hmm. That butcher, that lunatic, that maniac, just like the callers, man. Maybe maybe George W. could be one of the callers. Wouldn't surprise me if he is uh, Prozac Ron. Now, let's take a look and see how things are going on. Now, the, the TSX, Toronto Stock Exchange, is up 44.7. I'm sure you're real excited about that. Castronova is probably going to be talking about that tomorrow. The Dow's down 11. It's it's uh, not much going on there. Nasdaq's down about eight. Oil is 111 dollars a barrel. Thank you, Mr. President. Outstanding. You and your Saudi uh, criminal friends, you lunatics. 111 dollars a barrel. Roll out the barrel, baby. Four dollar a gallon gas. I can smell it coming, can't you? I can. Uh, the aroma. Enough to put you in a coma. I just want to see the price of um, the, the the value of the dollar. Because the loony, thank God, has been going down. That's that's what I'm going to need. I'm going to be if the loony goes down to about thirty cent, I'll be okay next year. I'll send you like hundred bucks a week. Sounds good to me. You wouldn't take it. Would definitely take it. I'll send you the money that I would send Josh Cordes if he, you know, had an interest in really working. Well, you know, that would, that, would like double my, uh, that would like double my salary. He came by this morning. You were you were there, sucked around a little bit. Ninety-seven point ninety-two cent. That's the loony. So the U.S. dollar is a little not too bad. And one fifty-eight on the euro. Brutal. Now you can't afford to go to Amsterdam, I guess. Oh well. Seven hundred twelve votes on the poll now. Maybe Jolly Joe will give you like a dollar a vote on the poll. I'll take that. Like a dime. I think we should get that in a, into a part of your contract. Yeah. Make make sure that George negotiates that in when he talks to uh, what's that guy's name? He's uh, Jan Marie. Menasha Skolnick, whoever that guy is, he's him and Chickenneck are dealing with. They're negotiating with Hans Conried and uh, Beatrice Lilly, Hermione Gingold, and Mike Stuckey. Yeah, have Georgia negotiate that in there. We'll do. 
Now, when you come back on Wednesday after your uh, dentist day off tomorrow, uh-huh. be sure and ask. Now, do you, remind me. Ask well, me. Did you tell George uh, yesterday about uh, whatever it was you were supposed to tell him about? <laughs> okay. Well, when you get look, I don't know what you're laughing about when you get to be old and senile like me. Like I'm supposed to remember that? It's a miracle I can remember to put my underwears on in the morning. Backstabbing Gildy, there he is, 1231 at 560 WQM. The one good thing, though, is that we don't hear him on the Panther telecast. All we hear is Denise Spot fan going on, bop, 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 and every once in a while, in the background. That's it. That's Gildy's contribution. We love the Panthers. Does anybody care? No. No, everybody. So I have some uh, questions for you. Yes? Who set up your the whole Internet and the router and all that stuff for you? What does that mean? Well, no, because, like, I was telling um, Steph about what happens, how you can't, you know, when you try to take the calls and you set up that way, um, when you went to the server or your uh, router, it, you have no connection. So he was asking, he wanted me to ask you a couple questions. One, how many computers, do you, are you, computers are you using? One or two? Two. Okay, so the phone is on a different computer than your normal computer. That is correct. All right, yeah, that so is absolutely, absolutely correct, sir. Right, yeah, that, like, that's so why I have the router disconnected right now, so that yeah. I, have, I have my uh, Internet on the other one. Yeah, so it's a good chance that you're probably going to end up needing a new router or an engineer or something to come in there and try to, like, you know, put in new um, operating software on that router or something. How, why is that? Because it's just kind of the way it is. Like, I have to replace my router because it's about five years old and it's just kind of decided it's going to die now. So how old is the router? Let, let me look at it. How old are you? This is not old enough. Well, I don't know how old it is. It's, it's a couple years, though. I mean, you talk about talking about ice cream flavors. Do you know how entertaining this is? Yeah, well, you know, we're trying to get it solved as quickly as we can, so. I don't have any idea how old the router is, okay? The modem is fairly new, but the router is uh, the one they stuck in here, so it's at least six and a half years old. Oh, yeah, so you probably need either you need a, a software update or uh, just a whole new router, so. Um, and? I guess I'll see if he can try and contact the engineer that comes out. Contact the engineer here who's a great engineer who yep. knows his crap, who'll know exactly what to do, and then uh, let's not talk about on the air no more. All right, I'll How's do that. that. Oh, sounds good. So what kind of ice cream was it again? Oh, Jesus. Founder's favorite. God almighty, talk about putting people into a coma. Boring. Boring. And that, that's the kind of stuff we do like between 8.30 and 10, you know. That's why I sit here at 8.30 in the morning every day. Mm-hmm. 
I, mean, I just mentioned that in passing, okay? And since I'm going to be here another hundred years, maybe it would be a good idea for the uh, local engineer to come in one more time and, like, uh, get everything working spiffy and nice because it doesn't really require a lot of maintenance. And you want to know why? Because there's nobody here diddling with the equipment. That's why. There's nobody here diddling with it. I wish there was somebody here diddling with it, but there's not. God. An imprisoned killer who was 12 years old when he committed a double murder and then was given a 30-year sentence was denied a hearing by the Supreme Court today. Christopher Pittman's defenders argued the sentence was excessive for somebody that age and claimed heavy doses of antidepressants he was taking at the time sent his mind spinning out of control. Just like poor little George there, his mind is spinning out of control. And he sure pissed off Norma Kent, I'll tell you that. I mean, when Norma turns down money, then you know that somebody has really ticked him off, rubbed him the wrong way. And Norma says he don't mind being rubbed the right way, but not the wrong way. You got it? Got it. Now 18, Pimpin was convicted three years ago of killing his grandparents with a shotgun as they slept, then setting the house on fire. The county prosecutor in South Carolina argued it was as malicious a murder as you're ever going to find. The justices, without comment, refused to intervene. At issue was whether the state properly used its discretion to trap Pittman as an adult, whether the sentence was excessive, and whether mitigating factors should apply. Outside of death penalty context, the high court has offered little recent guidance on how to treat underage defendants. Pittman's lawyers argue that no other inmate in the U.S. is serving so severe a sentence for crime committed at such an early age. He was 12 years old. You think a 12-year-old kid doesn't know when he goes and gets a shotgun and he blows grandma and grandpa away and then sets the house on fire? You think he doesn't know what he's doing? Of course. Pittman, now six foot two inches tall, works grounds maintenance at an adult correctional facility outside Columbia, South Carolina. He received a GED high school equivalency in 2006. Well, good for him. With a high court's denial of his appeal, Pittman has few legal options to have his sentence reduced. Under his current sentence, he'd be released from prison in his mid-40s. He has a separate civil lawsuit against the state, alleging his court-appointed trial lawyers were ineffective. At the time of the crime, the boy had bounced around homes for years, experienced a half a dozen family splits and divorces after his mother had twice abandoned him as a child. She hasn't been in Pittman's life for years. Sounds like trailer trash to me. I think if you really want to, I think any of these presidential candidates, they want to get my vote, go through all the trailers, man, and all the trailer camps and all the trailer parks in America and clean them out. When in doubt, just clean them out. Can only make things a hell of a lot better. And then, uh, you know, stuff some of the Mexicans in there. I'll pick them out. I'll decide which ones can come in and which ones got to turn around and go back. Joe Pittman, the boy's father, raised Christopher Pittman and his sister for much of their lives, but the relationship between father and son deteriorated. A state psychologist later testified this was a young man who had difficulty with the adults in his life. After threatening to harm himself and suffering other emotional incidents, the boy was diagnosed as clinically depressed. His lawyer said Pittman was then given Paxil, a mild antidepressant no longer recommended for use for people under 18. On November 28, 2001, Pittman was sent home early for fighting in school and sent to bed by the grandparents. The boy claimed his pop-pop also beat him with a belt as punishment. Pop-pop. That's what he should give him as a pop-pop. Christopher later admitted taking a pump-action shotgun and shooting his grandparents to death in their bedroom shortly before midnight. Prosecutors said he then set the, set the house on fire to cover his tracks, took the family SUV, the golden retriever, and a cache of weapons and fled. Well, at least he took good care of the golden retriever. He's okay in my book. boy, Chris. Not you, but...
Christopher Pittman. So he took good care of the dog. That, that well, dog, he didn't natural. shoot the dog. He didn't leave the dog behind to, like, fend for himself. He shot Grandma and Pop Pop took the dog in the SUV. He didn't have any idea what he was doing, though. I think when, you know, when somebody, unless it's in self-defense, if somebody kills somebody else, fry their ass. That's all. Wouldn't that solve a lot of money and a lot of angst and all these arguments and all these uh, bleeding hearts? Somebody kills somebody else except in self-defense, just uh, kill them, that's all, and move on. Right? Sure, why not? If we know they're guilty, we don't need to have no long trial. We don't need all these damn lawyers. Lawyers complicate everything. That's what uh, uh, George says. I wish you could have seen that email I got this morning at like about 8 o'clock from Norma Kent. Really? Yeah, it was a response to the email I sent him this weekend about George. You want me to read it to you? Sure, if you want. No, I'm not interested. That was it. it. Hmm. Short and sweet. Didn't kill a lot of time like all that crap about the uh, router. No, I'm not interested. In other words, no. forget about it, George. He hates you. He resents you. He dislikes you. He's nauseated by you. He doesn't want to know you. He doesn't want to see you. He doesn't want to smell you. He doesn't want to hear about you. He can't stand you. He hates you like poison. Don't you get that message, or am I, am I embellishing it? Yes, I, no, I understand it now, yeah. Oh, by the way, Brandon said a good choice for the pull, but I don't know how you're going to put it on there. The last hour before quitting a job you hate. I will just put on there, I guess, like that. You'll, you'll what? Just put on there. What, what does that mean? What did, you, what did you just say? What language are you speaking? Well, no, I was going to say, we'll just put on like that, but I guess we can't put on that way, so we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, work on it. Finger, finger it out. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Paul Rogers is my lover. Here's my story, sad but true. Boy. About a girl called Syphilis Sue. Had a bug and ran it around. Gave it to every guy in town Keep away from a sip of this sewer. Keep away. 
1246 at 560 WKM. What is some really interesting stuff? I mean, you know, compared to um, the router. Oh, th- uh, 9 a.m. Wednesday. 9 a.m. Wednesday what? The engineer that uh, is always really cool with you will be there. Oh, great. Anyway, here's uh, Joe Bell sent me this from uh, one of our listeners. Uh, well, she's not really a listener. She's the mother of a listener. She says, forgive me for bothering you, meaning Joe. However, I'm trying to reach Neil Rogers, and I can't find his email address. This is the closest I seem to have found. My father, Stan Colbert, is an avid fan of the Neil Rogers show. He lives in New York, by the way. For many, many years, he was in Miami. He's turning 85 May 5th. I was wondering if Mr. Rogers could send my father a birthday card. I think Stan and Ann would get a huge kick out of it. So I wrote back to Joe with this new uh, deal we got now. I can't afford birthday cards, especially for strangers. What if they send it up to you, and then you just put it back in an envelope and send it back? Yeah, right. Happy birthday, Stan. May 5th. Remind, I'll put that in my pile here. Okay, remind me on May 5th. You won't remember, neither will I. Now, here's a good one on this uh, very jackass thing, some of these comments. One of them are kissing my ass, which is fine. I don't need that, but it's nice. But here's one. He's out of touch with South Florida, meaning me, and the show is terminal when he reads stories. He's at his best taking phone calls, but is too scared to take them, probably because he's too thin-skinned. Isn't that amazing? After 30 uh, years of taking calls, all of a sudden I became too thin-skinned. Or maybe I don't want to turn the show over to the same four misfits, which we just gave you a demonstration a half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I don't want to turn the show into is that. I'd rather read the phone book than put those idiots on the air. That's entertainment. In addition, the old curmudgeon forms strong opinions on things based on one experience, refusing to give things a second chance even decades later. Nevertheless, he is by far the most talented host on the radio. Just turn on WYOD's footy if you want to hear bad radio. How do you like that? That was a shot. And at the end, nevertheless, he is by far the most talented host on the radio. And just turn on footy if you want to hear bad radio, it says. How do you like that, footsie? Tootsie? Wootsie? A lot of negative of a comment, and the story has got nothing to do with footy. It's all about me re-signing the deal for five more years. And yet a lot of hostile comments about footsie on there. Even the people that hate me like poison, they think that uh, footsie is even worse poison. If I'm arsenic, he's the old lace. Here, I thought you would have been lace. Here's one that says, Neil is still the best thing on South Florida radio. And let me bend, bend over, Neil. Let me kiss your ass, okay? Let me stick my lips on each cheek and uh, kissy, kissy, kissy. Okay. 737 votes in your pool, by the way. I think we can make 800. All right. Whatever, whatever we make. Whatever we get, quesera, sera, okay? At least we're not doing the 400th version of what's the best hamburger in town, footsie. Hey, if I'm getting 10 cents a vote, it is important how many we get. You're getting 10 cents a vote. That means if we get 800, that's um, 80 uh, bucks. Exactly. Today. I'll take if that. We can do that if we, and most days we get 1,000. That's 100 a day. That's like 500 a week. I'll take that. It's a lot more money than you're making. Exactly. Is it? Yes. 500 a week for a guy working on a high price show like this? Uh-huh. And wouldn't you think now that they're giving me this big salary cut starting in January that you and George get big raises? They could, they could like, triple your pay. That would be nice. And wouldn't even put a ripple. They could triple it, wouldn't put a ripple. In the Beasley, in the lake of Beasley cash. But, oh, no, they're not going to do that. You know something? George made his own bed, and now let's see what his buddy uh, Jan Murray can do for him. You remember those conversations? You're, you're oh, standing yeah, there with uh, both ears wide open when George and I, before the show here, are having our morning uh, discussions and debates, etc. Oh, here it just came through on my BlackBerry from Jody Arinella. 
He's turning 85 May 5th. I was wondering if Mr. Rogers could send my father a birthday card. I think Stan and Man would get a huge kick out of it. If you can, and where am I going to send it to, Jody, in New York City? Where am I supposed to find the address? She can't find my email address, but she wants me to send her father a birthday card. He's going to be 85 on May 5th. And if I want to really do it, uh, where the hell would I send it to? Stan Colbert, somewhere out there in USA. How's it going, Stan? Have a happy birthday, eh? Yeah, just put it on there. They'll find him. What? Just put that on there. They'll find him. Yeah, they'll find him somewhere. Send, send us the address, okay? Judy, whatever your name is. Jody. Jody Jameson. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to forget about the ice cream. We're going to start talking harness racing for the next. See, one thing about this place, and I mentioned this the other day, Friday, they don't tell me what to talk about. They tell us what, what we can't play and what we can't say, which is almost anything amusing and entertaining. But they don't say, oh, gee, don't talk about whatever, you know. Right? Yep. That's about the only thing I can say for them. And I think that it really speaks well that Jolly Joe got a hold of Barry Jackass, and we got some press in the Herald today. It's about time we got something. I don't see Norma Kent putting out any big press releases and telling the whole world that, and I don't want no dollar and cents in there. It's too embarrassing, okay? We need to get some, uh, some new promotional photos of you, though. They did what? We need to get some new promotional photos of you. Well, when I'm down there next month, you can take all the photos you want. Okay. Who's going to be doing that? Maybe we'll get uh, Josh to go out there. You do what? Maybe we'll get Josh to go out there to be, you know, he's the Internet maven. He can get some new uh, pictures of you. He's the photographer now, Josh Cordes? Josh is the photographer, the videographer, the everything. Chief cook and bottle washer? Oh, well, you know, once they pay him that uh, salary. The town drunk? <laughs> yeah. What do you got to do these salaries? things? He's got to do all these things. 7.39 on our world-famous pool. There's another uh, one on there. Pools, that's all he talked about is pools. I think he likes pools. Another desperate attempt to be very, very amusing. <laughs> yeah, not even a chuckle from me on that. I think he likes pools. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, gay couples face higher tax bills. Speaking of uh, you fairy. that. For gay couples, the April 15 tax filing deadline can be a reminder of the disparities they face, even in a nation that's becoming more accepting of same-sex couples. Gay couples often pay higher taxes because they don't get the federal tax benefits that go with marriage. And for couples in state-sanctioned domestic partnerships, <coughs> excuse me, civil unions or same-sex marriages, filing federal income taxes can involve doing three sets of paperwork instead of one. It's a significant financial disability, said Beth Asaro, who last year entered into one of New Jersey's first legally recognized civil unions. While the debate over government recognition of gay marriages is a political hot button with arguments about morality, civil rights, and tradition, the tax issue is mostly a practical one for hundreds of thousands of same-sex couples. Most states ban gay marriage and don't recognize same-sex unions in any way. Only in Massachusetts can gay couples legally marry. Since 97, nine other states in Washington, D.C. started offering civil unions or domestic partnerships that give some or all the legal protections of marriage. Those protections include allowing gay couples to file state taxes jointly and potentially save them money but they can also make tax filing more complicated for the couples. That's because the state protections don't help with federal taxes. Under the 96th Defense of Marriage Act, the government defines marriage as being allowed only between a man and a woman. You're running a household, said John Trayer, a partner in Butler, New Jersey, accounting firm Hammond & Trayer, but the federal government and a lot of states treat them as two households. The same is true for straight unmarried couples who are living together. There are two main effects of the different treatment under federal law. One is the tax rate. Take two couples where one part, oh, it goes on with dollars and cents. I'm not going to read that. That's worse than the poll. 
One couple's got 20000 and they got 16 uh, deductions for... Uh, who the hell cares about that? God, is that ever boring? One thing we don't want to be is boring. And this business about the articles are boring. You should live so long. Only if you're some... Let, let me ask you this. What's that? What kind of person wants to hear the calls that we put on here, including Woody Graber, by the way, who had nothing to say? Uh, thanks, Woody, but go away. I mean, what was that? That was a, that was a melange of mung that we put on the air for demonstration purposes only, okay? Take some calls, Neil. We love the call. No, you don't, unless you're a simpleton, unless you're just as dumb as they are. Unless you're as idiotic as those uh, same half-dozen simpletons, misfits, miscreants, low, low life. I have no life. Like that. And they think that they're very funny. Oh, the, the boyfriend and me, uh, Reverend Jones. Uh, that, that's a talk show? That's a format for a freaking talk show that people want me to do and sit here and talk to those a-holes? No chance. Like I said, I could read the damn Chinese phone book here. I could read four million chins and it'd make it more entertaining than listening to that crap. And the proof in the pudding is we still have an audience. How do you like that? Yep. And all these, all these people with their comments out there, every single one of them is still listening. That's the best part. Oh, he's at his best when he does this. He's at his work. In other words, they can quote chapter and verse every damn minute of every show every day. See, I'm, I've been doing this a long, long time, Sonny. And right from the very beginning, the people who are the most hostile... See, if, if you don't like something, you know what? You don't listen to it. You don't call them and complain and say, Oh, gee, why don't you take some calls? You don't do that. If you don't like the show the way it is now, you find something else, like Footsie, you know. Mm -hmm. And you vote on his hamburger pole. His meat pole. God. And George, of course, gets upset because I keep talking about that. I, I think it's well worth talking about. Because I think it's a classic example of what Cheap Channel has done to this business. They suck. And that includes you, too. What's the guy's name over there? The, um, the guy that Norma kept talking to. I don't remember. I don't uh, it'll come to me. The PD, the new program. Oh, Ken Charles. Oh, we love Neil. Having Neil on our... Uh, they love Neil, but they don't want to pay anybody any money. Plus the fact that they're involved in all this litigation for trying to sell their damn company. They're a bunch of cheap bastards who just open up a pot and put swill on the air. That's their idea of great radio. Cheap. They suck. They blow. They blow. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This guy, Burrell. And when I'm up in Boca Chica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. Yeah, I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers there in balance one to two hours. Welcome to my It's time for the log. Not a monologue. Not a dialogue. Not this kind of log. Not a Lincoln log. Not a captain's log. Not log cabin zero. No, it's not a log of anything worth your time listening to. So let's go to the log. That's not a dialogue. Not a pecan candy log. It's a log from the chocolate thunder from down under. I'm a chocolate thunder from down under. At ESPN, I made a little blunder. This was a little bit gamey in here. From the sport hole open. I'm a chocolate thunder from down under. Well, yeah, I'd prefer chips, but working here, I can't say nothing. Heat me ball, heat me ball, heat me ball. 
It says ice cream is boring. Okay, not if it's really good. Not if it's from um, where was it? Cold Stone Creamery. Mm-hmm. And here's one. It says Neil gets still gets paid way too much for what he does. Always on a businessman's holiday or a busman's holiday. Busman spelled wrong. What is that? Anyways, always vacation. It seems every other freaking week. And he needs to close a big mouth on Obama, your mama. I think the real reason he likes the old man is uh, what he has in his pants. Pally, it says, Pally. This must be from Fat Boy. Is he smart enough to uh, know how to write? I beg your pardon? Is Pally smart enough to write? crap like this, yes. Right up his alley. <laughs> That's probably who that is. Or maybe it's his uh, neurotic boyfriend. A lot of guys out there, a lot of crazy people with a lot of crazy boyfriends. Guess who died? Tommy Holmes. Who? Never heard of him. Outfielder for the Boston Braves and the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 40s and 50s died today of natural causes in Boca. He was 91. That's plenty old enough. He died about 7 o'clock this morning at an assisted living facility, said Patricia Stone, his daughter. In 11 years in the majors with the Braves and Dodgers, he had a 302 batting average. Pretty good. 88 homers, 50, 581 RBIs. From 1973 to 2003, he worked for the Mets as Director of Amateur Baseball Relations. Tommy Holmes was one of our sport's truest gentlemen, said Jeff Wilpon, Chief Operating Officer of the Mets. His passion for the game and up-and-coming players, along with his 30-year association with our franchise, was unsurpassed. Stone said her father loved baseball, watched games until the end of his life, and loved children. When he played baseball, there'd be days he'd leave early and he'd pass children playing and he'd stop to play with them, she said. Baseball, that is. He's dead, 91. And survived by his wife for 67 years. How do you like that? Woo! Can you imagine being married to anybody for 67 years to anything? Nope. Guns and religion. I believe that people don't cling to religion. They value their faith. You don't cling to guns. You, you enjoy ain't got a prayer, honey. Let me tell you that right now. You haven't got a prayer. 754 votes on the poll. Here's the most important story of the day, and I saved the best for last, okay, for the last hour. Construction workers unearth buried Red Sox jersey. I'm sure you saw this. Yep. A construction worker's bid to curse the New York Yankees by planting a Boston Red Sox jersey in their new stadium was foiled yesterday. Thanks, God. When the home team removed the offending shirt from its burial spot. And they just showed it on CNN a little while ago, this guy. This construction worker with mm-hmm. his very serious look, like he like he just uncovered the um, the secret to to mankind. King Tut's tomb. Yeah, King Tut Tut. After locating the shirt in the service corridor behind what'll be a restaurant in the New Yankee Stadium, construction workers jackhammered through the concrete yesterday and pulled it out. It's got David Ortiz, 34, on the back. The team said it learned that a Sox rooting construction worker had buried a shirt in the new Bronx Stadium, which will open next year across the street from the current ballpark, from a report in the New York Post on Friday. Yankees president Randy Levine said team officials at first considering leaving the shirt where it was. 
The first thought was, you know, it's never a good thing to be buried in cement when you're in New York, Levine said. But then we decided, why reward somebody who had really bad motives and was trying to do a really bad thing? A really, really bad thing. Evil. An evildoer. On Saturday, construction workers who remember the employee, Gino Castagnoli, phoned in tips about the shirt's location. We had another, I wonder if he's kin to Gino Samoli. Who? We had anonymous people come tell us where it was. We were able to find it, said Frank Grandma Rosa. Boy, they're all Italians involved in this, man. I wonder if Jimmy Hoffy's bur- Hoffy is buried in there, too. <laughs> Remember Jimmy Hoffy? I heard about him. Frank Grammarosa, a project executive with Turner Construction, the general contractor on the site. It took about five hours of drilling Saturday to locate the shirt under two feet of concrete. Boy, that was well worthwhile. I'm sure of that. On Sunday, Levine and Yankee CEO Lon Trust watched his grandmosa and foreman Rich Corrado finish the job and pulled the shirt from the rubble. Nice going, boys. They can put it on their tombstones. We yanked the uh, David Ortiz shirt out of the stadium. In shreds from the jackhammers, the shirt still bore the letters Red Sox on the front. It was a David Ortiz jersey number 34. Trost said the Yankees had discussed possible criminal charges against Castagnoli with the district attorney's orifice. We will take appropriate action since, fortunately, we do know the name of the individual. He said, a woman who answered the phone at Castagnoli's home in the Bronx Sunday said he wasn't there. He's gone. And once he's gone, a spokesman for Bronx DA, Robert Johnson, said yesterday he didn't know whether any criminal charges might apply. How can you how can you file criminal charges for somebody for bearing a T-shirt in a bunch of concrete or a, a whatever kind of shirt? Maybe Levine for, said, uh, you know, messing up property or something? Yeah, for messing up property, my ass. Levine said the shirt would be cleaned up and sent to the Jimmy Fund, a charity affiliated with Boston's Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, along with that New York will send a Yankees Universe T-shirt, which is sold to benefit Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Hopefully the Jimmy Fund will auction it off and will take... The act that was a very, very bad act and turning into something beautiful, he said. Right, something really beautiful. Like selling that Marilyn Monroe uh, film, that clip of her on her knees. That was something probably to some people very, very beautiful. With or without her mole. That'd be a good poll question. Who had the best mole? A poll on a mole. John Boy, Marilyn Monroe, Neil Rogers. I got a mole on my, uh, over my eyebrow. You see that in the picture there in the Herald? Mm-hmm. You did? So, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. So guess who's, guess who's, in, uh, like now, guess who's in Toronto? There? What? Guess who's in Toronto today? How many guesses are there? Give me a clue. George. No, uh, we played a bit by him, or about him coming back. Elton John. No, just when we came back. Like, I remember what the hell bit we just played? Your buddy Jason Jackson. Yeah. I think you two should go have lunch today, so you can finally meet, see the person, you know, meet I've him. already got a lunch. Date. Yeah. Maybe he can get you some tickets and go down and watch no. the, uh, the Heat and the Raptors no. play? No. No? I thought we were all supposed to be on one team. No. I'm not on that team. <laughs> Nothing in my new deal says i got to be part of that team. So you don't well, want to go to be doing a show from, from where? The Air Canada Center today? I guess. I don't know. Woo! I might just go down there and throw a little something that way. You know that they're building not one, not two, but three gigantic condos right in front of the Air Canada Center. Oh, here's a response from Joe Bell. He says, buy the uh, birthday card in 2008. The new deal doesn't start, doesn't kick in until 2009. Good news, I've done a con- concurrent contract with Josh, so he'll be here through your extension. Yeah, he already gave me that joke, Joe. Clarence, remember that this morning? He already yep. did try that. 
I'm just deleting it, lest I write something really hostile and screw up the whole deal. It's already signed, though. Too late now. Too late to turn back now, baby. Did he say anything about my contract? What, what are they banging? They're always, they're always banging in this building. They're always hawking and banging. Yeah, what about Chris's contract, baby? How about a few cent an hour increase? About 30, man. That would like double it, wouldn't it? Something about that. They're always bellyaching about how little money you make. You, you're not here for the money. Actually, I don't usually bellyache. I let you bellyache for me. No, I do not. Or you make fun about how little I make. So, you know, I'm like, okay, sure. I'm making fun of you like, like I'm, I'm some kind of a sadist or something like that, like I want to see you underpaid. I think it's criminal what they're doing to you. Well, I agree, but thank you very you much. You believe that? I don't really believe it, but I just said it. Well, I'll feel like you actually think it. So you're coming out Saturday, the whatever day that is, the 17th of May, if we uh, if that thing gets done? Sounds good. At Gulfstream? I want to I wanna check that place out. I want to see if they have, like, well, I know they have the real Wheel of Fortune because George has emailed me those pictures. And that poor schlepper, what? Don't tell anybody he sent pictures. Oh, that's right. You're not supposed to do that. And that poor Steve Sloan there in our sales department. Talk about clueless. Hey, but he did win some money that day, too, so. Who did? Steve Sloan. Yeah, because he bet the horses that I gave him. That's why. He was very happy when I saw him after the show. How much did he win? Uh, about 30 bucks, 40 bucks, something like that. Woo! About 30, man. Man. Heavy duty. He never, he never called. He never came in there in the morning to say, hey, thanks, Neil. You won me some money there at Gulfstream, you fat old faggot. And congratulations on your new deal, you fat old faggot. Or anything like that. Absolutely. Who's the candidate that African Americans think is great? No, it's Hillary. Who is the one that's not a fairy tale and will get things done? Stop it! It's Hillary. Who's the one who draws big crowds and makes the brothers and sisters proud? Shut up! This Barack character is a real mother. Shut your mouth. That was taken out of context. If you want hope and change, vote for the one with the recognizable name. Stop it! And it's Hillary. How many times do I have to say it? Honest to goodness. So frustrating. 117 at 560 WQAM. 766 votes on our award-winning poll on neilrogers.com. Barry Jackass writes, Neil Rogers signs for another five years. I just sent a message to Joe Bell saying, that wasn't my signature on that contract. Oh. Well, after that thing about Clarence, you know. Mm-hmm. They think it's very funny. They, they think it's very amusing that Clarence is uh, the program director. And I think it's, uh, in a sick way, it's funny, too. In a really sick way. But nevertheless, Clarence has got the naked pictures. You, you know that. I'll take your word for it. 766 votes. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience, 363, 47.3%. Write these numbers down now. It's important. The last hour I spent with my father or mother, 128. Isn't that touching? An exotic vacation I was on, 65. When I first met my spouse, 58. When my first child was born, 57. The last time I was with my best friend, 36. When I graduated high school or college, 23. When I told my ex, we're through, 15. It's over. I'm gone. My wedding day, 14. My wedding night, 6. Or when I quit the job I hated most, 1. We finally got that on there and it's only got one vote. And probably Brandon because it was his idea. 
One vote. That a boy, Brandon. Seven sixty six. You need to get to eight hundred, or you're fired. Don't come so, back Wednesday. I think if I get fired and I go with um, unemployment, I might make more money a week. I'm sure of that. Now, why do you keep referring to the money? Is that is that the only reason you're here? Is because of the money? Well, no, that's not obviously not the only reason. Not because you, you know. love being a part of this show and being part of this once great radio station. It's obviously that I, it's more important that I'm enjoying this because I'm not getting paid much money. Right. Well, we know that, and the audience, I'm sure, is getting really tired of hearing you whine and bellyache about it. Oh, well, I won't bring it up Now you're starting to sound like a real South Floridian, man. Oh, I'm going to have to be quiet then. Huh? Like that. You know, well, how about all those rips there at uh, Footy, man? He must really... Uh, I've never heard him do it. In fact, I don't think I ever heard him on here even on Y100. I've probably heard him on Y100, but that was like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, and who can remember that? Man, exactly. He was on with, uh, what's his name? Kenny... Uh, Kenny and Footy. The Kenny and Bo Morning Show. Oh, my God. I heard that was one Kenny of your favorite. Kenny Walker, baby. Huh? I heard that was one of your favorite morning shows. That was the worst morning show in the history of radio. The worst. Not one of the worst. The worst. Worse than Footy. Worse than Tootsie. Worse than the Kenny and Bo Morning Show. The Right to Life people used to protest outside the building because it was such an abortion. Unbelievable. Ooh. That's right. Unbelievable. Un un unreal. The square table and gay or not gay and, and then toast. To the, you know, that, that's the funny part about some of these punks who worked on, uh, you know, the various FM stations like Toast. And what what's the other one with the uh, same kind of a name? Omelet. Omelet, yeah. Toast and Omelet. Well, they got those from uh, 94.9's uh, morning show with what's his name? Paul and Ron. Ron Paul? Yeah. Not 94.9 no more. You mean Zeta? Nope. Yeah. Back when Zeta was like a station that somebody listened to before mm -hmm. before Cheap Channel aborted that too, like they do to everything else they touch, they destroy it. They butcher it. It's like they've taken a gigantic butcher knife and stuck it into your radio and taken it from one end to the other and just ripped that damn thing to pieces. And by the way, Anthony, the UPS driver, one of my chronics there from Connecticut on MySpace, mm -hmm. quit being a Yenta already. I don't care about Randy, okay? You don't need to send me any more... <laughs> Of those, uh, oh, spy report, spy report. You know, a lot like an overgrown child. That's the talk show groupies. You know, there, there are radio groupies, people that like the jingles, you know, like Blind Mike, or just radio groupies in general. Then there are the talk show groupies who think that I care about such important people as like Joyce Kaufman, like that, or Mr. Ego. They're just trying to make sure you're informed. I, I don't care. I don't want to be informed, okay? I don't want to hear about it. As far as Randy is concerned... <laughs> There's one word that comes to mind. You know what the word is? What's that? Wannabe. Wannabe. Oh, but she's getting national publicity. Listen, the money she's making, like I said, Chris makes more money in a week than she makes in two years. There's no money there. What's all the name of the... Uh... Like, all these people like little George who deluded themselves into believing that that's, that's where it's at. Well, guess what? It ain't. It's not. Now, if you want to work just, you know, if you've got a big ego and you want to tell everybody what a big hotshot you are, what a big international celebrity because your name is on CNN or in the New York Times, great. I'll take the paycheck every couple of weeks, man. I don't need to have my name. In, I had my name in a Herald this morning right there on the front page of their website until they moved it. They finally took it off of there. Had to get more pressing news on? Well, how long do you want to care? Is it? I was shocked it was on the front page of the, uh, the web page. Is it that big of a story? Yes. It must not beat anybody else. It's a huge story. 
You sure wouldn't know by the reaction on our uh, on any of our stuff. God, I think that MySpace thing, the the, the show page. I think I'm going to get rid of it. Are you sure about that? What what, what does it accomplish for anybody? You know what does it do? You know how many fans would like you know be heartbroken? They're not fans. They don't listen to the show. Don't you understand? They're groupies. Don't you know the difference between a groupie and a fan? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're the same people. I have no a lot idea. of them is the callers. In fact, some of those people have tried to get on there. Like Daron, Moron, Moron. Hi, Neil. Perfect. And anybody who gives me a song to dance about how I should take those calls, that, that person needs to, what they need to do is see Dr. Jack and just finish themselves off. You have less than no life. Am I right? Yes. Yes. The same kind of people, same kind of misfits. Oh, but those guys are so funny, they are so funny. <laughs> Don't you find them most amusing? Not. 775 out of pull, I think you're going over 800, which means you get 10 cents a vote. All right. Now, George is going to pay it. That's part of the new deal. Oh, is that what it is? In fact, that's that's what that, I think that's part of the deal that Norm is cutting for him is that George now pays your salary. Cool. I had no increase. Maybe that's why he's not here today. Well, what is he thinking about? Seriously, I, I just I worry about him because he's, he, I don't know what he's thinking about. He's in, a, he's in a la-la land. He's in a dream world. And he sits there every Tuesday. They go to lunch. Him and Chicken Neck, Boca Brian, Baldy. And they sit around, talk fantasy talk. And we're going to be on uh, syndicated on 8 million radio stations. And we're going to be all making millions of dollars. And we're gonna... I'm sure that's the kind of conversation that goes on. Now, finally, the, you know, I got the chicken I call straightened out. He's getting paid on time. He gets direct from the accounting. He's there. Everything is just fine. Cool. No more. <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs> How does it go? You know exactly how it goes. No more of that. A professional photographer who refused to take pictures of a gay couple's commitment ceremony because of her religious beliefs violated New Mexico discrimination laws, a human rights panelist ruled. She was acting jerky in Albuquerque. Vanessa Wilcock filed a complaint with the New New Mexico Human Rights Commission in 2006 contending that Albuquerque photographer Elaine... Huguenin told her she photographed only traditional marriages. Huguenin and her husband, John, own Elaine Photography. The commission's one-page ruling Wednesday said Elaine Photography violated the State Human Rights Act by discriminating against Willock on the basis of sexual orientation and should pay $6,637 for Willock's attorney's fees and costs. Good. Bitch. Willock, through her attorney, sent an email that she was pleased by the finding. I feel it's an important decision toward defining the responsibilities of business when they offer their services to the public in this state, she said. The Alliance Defense Fund, a Christian organization that defends religious liberty, plans to appeal to the state district court. Religious liberty, my ass. What they, what they defend is the right to discriminate, the right to hate. The fact that she's a commercial business does not mean she loses her constitutional protection. The Constitution prevents the government from forcing people to choose between their faith and their livelihood, ADF Senior Counsel Jordan Lawrence said Friday. The commission viewed Higginan's business as a public accommodation, similar to a restaurant or store, kind of like Ty Tony. Willock's attorney, Julie Sakura of Santa Fe, said the commission's decision based on a public accommodation is the correct application of New Mexico law to the facts of this case. Lawrence argued that even if the studio were a public accommodation, it's protected by the First Amendment guarantee of freedom of religion. 
Elaine Hagenen, as a Christian, would not photograph such things as a horror movie or something showing abortion in a positive light either, Lawrence said. All they were going to do is have her photograph the commitment ceremony. Not anybody naked, not anybody doing no hanky-spanky. Just uh, photo. Oh, no, it's against her religion, baby. Because she's a bigoted old bitch, no doubt. The biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. I rear end. There's a lady in town. She's an orthodox Jew. And she needs to buy bread that is unleavened. Oi! She's buying bread at seven, eleven. Ooh, and the bread is wonder. Ooh, and the bread is wonder. Ooh, and the bread is really wonder. Happy Pesach, everybody. Even the Goyim are going to celebrate Pesach this year. They're going to meet at Stale Matzah. It's cheap, anyhow, I think. Is it cheap? No idea. 132 at 560 WQM. we got the Jerk Show from the Air Canada Center in Toronto, baby, uh, prior to the uh, Raptors heat game tonight. Why did they bother coming all the way up here again? Well, what's the point of even playing a game? Well, you know, they kind of got to. And if I want to go to Woodbine tonight, like around uh, you know, 6, 30, 7 o'clock, that's going to be a bitch with the traffic over there by the uh, Air Canada Center. Well, I started to tell you before that they're building three high-rise condos right in front of the Air Canada Center on York Street, right in front of it. Whoever heard of such a thing? I mean, you're not going to go there? I don't go there. No, I mean, you're ask not going to go there. Ask me how many Leaf games I've been to in the Air Canada Center in my life. Two. I don't like it. It's no Maple Leaf Gardens, I'll tell you that. Plus, who the hell wants to pay big money to go see that? You know what I'm saying? Who wants to go see it when I can see it for free on my TV? You want to see hockey? Oh, there's Paul Maurice. He's going to be fired soon, right on the heels of Jack Martin. That frog. Schneider, uh, you guys can all skate and move a puck. And, uh... Well, that's good. Uh, what did he say? Move the what? Brian Brown trains Randy Tharp. Oh, here's the, uh, the fifth race at the Meadows. Number two is P.W. Roman Lover. There's Dave Pallone on the two at two to five, man. Heavy, heavy chalk to great Dave Pallone. Don't be betting against him. What did I tell you about the chalk? Although we did we did win with chalk on Friday. It was amazing. You know, that double wasn't all that bad. Yes, it was. Although the second race, man, I was like uh, on my hands and knees watching that in the deep stretch. It looked just like the one was going to go by, and George was only going to win 11 bucks. Oh. That was a good thing, though, the fact he had it wheeled. No matter who came in, he was going to win. That's a good feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Somebody win. You know, somebody come on. All of that, the one would have been bad. Oh, we What's have your... a uh, request for a bit when you come back. What is that? Tactomi. And who requested that? Uh, your brother, uh, boyfriend, little uh, Cordis. My brother, boyfriend. Yeah, well, you know, whatever you want to call him. Putz. That. A Catholic priest charged with having sex with a 14-year-old boy in Charlotte in 1999 <clears throat> was booked in Mecklenburg County Jail yesterday. The Reverend Robert Urgel is suspected in court tomorrow, according to jail records. Urgel, 43, is charged with five counts of taking indecent liberties with a child and two counts of statutory sex offense. Now, that's an interesting terminology. What, what would be decent liberties with a child as opposed to indecent? Do you ever think about that? Think about it. He was arrested April 2nd in Passaic, New Jersey, where he lives. Later that week in court, Urgel waived his right to contest extradition. 
Authorities have said the boy and his family were members of St. Matthew Catholic Church in the Ballantyne area where the alleged uh, sex crimes occurred. The victim recently reported the matter to Charlotte Mecklenburg Detectives Authorities B. San. Yurgle worked at St. Matthew from May 97 to June 99. He then worked at Our Lady of Consolation Catholic from July 99 to October 99 when he left Charlotte to be a chaplain at St. Mary's Hospital in New Jersey. They just move them around, baby. Keep moving them around like, like pawns on a chessboard. Well, move them over here. I'll find some nice altar boys in Jersey. Then we'll send them over to New York. You know, whatever. Oh, there's Gulfstream. Look at that. we got nine minutes till the second race of Gulfstream. I think we ought to make that a regular feature of the show every day. Oh, yeah, I know. I forgot something else. Steve Sloan came by during that break after we, you were talking yes. about him. He says, hello, Neil. Thank you very much for the help. And you are on for the uh, date in May. They just don't have any specifics about everything yet. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it's, it's only April 14. so a little more than a month away. I'm sure that by then they might have you know, some idea what we're going to be doing, although probably not. Probably not, based on what I heard from him and Flea, you know, between the two of them. I mean, at least they're working on this show. That's, that's something. Correct. Thanks a lot, Steve. You the man. Although you're pretty crappy with that uh, phone. With that photo phone, my God. He sends me pictures of himself standing outside the uh, sales office, I guess that was. It was a tribute to himself. Nice going, Steve-O. 788 on your pool. And two now, say, when I, the hour when I quit the job I hated most. That was the hour I'd like to relive. When I told the boss to go stuff it. So did I mention that Joe Bell sent me a really amusing email? Yes, you did. No, I did not. Oh, you mentioned, did you get another one? I said it wasn't my signature on the contract. He wrote back, mine either. Oh, okay. Yeah, Isn't we didn't know about that one. Yes, the only problem was he doesn't sign the contract. Who is that that does? Caroline Beasley in, in Naples signed, I'm assuming, or Joyce, or one of those people over there. But that was cute. That was, you know, his attempt at humor. And I wrote back, okay, well, great. In that case, it's not a valid contract. Let's renegotiate starting at about $3 million. Sounds good. Although I wouldn't want to take away any George's big money. It's easy. He's going to get out of Joe. Now, what do you think? Well, you want to have, like, a, a bet on it, like, for a, a buck? I think I can handle that. On whether George is going to get a raise in this new deal? I'll go with he will. He's going to get a raise? Sure, okay, I'll, I'll take he won't. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send, during this next break, send Joe another email saying, please don't oh, give George. Oh, that's mean. Why is that? Because it's going uh, to his head. Because he's becoming demented in his old age. He's living in a dream world. You don't think so? No comment. Well, that means you agree then. I don't know if I do. He's or living in a fantasy there. world. Everybody else is taking these huge pay cuts. It's the nature of the economy. It's the nature of the uh, beast. There he goes talking about that damn beast again. Now, did Joe finally get off of that? Did he well, abide by? Did he abide by Zach's executive decision? Yes and no, because um, this morning they then played um, when Harvey Fialkov, one of a uh, sports writer down here, called Beast yesterday to rip him because Beast was ripping his article. Yeah, so what does that mean? So I'm not sure if they've stopped talking, or maybe they just stopped talking about, like, his, his oh, dating issue. Oh, my God. You know something? It just wears me out thinking about it. Give George a big raise, Joe. Give George a big raise. He deserves it after all these years of putting up with crap. And the least they can do is, like, pay him extra for doing those shows during the summer. I don't know if you're really thinking about it or if you're aware of it. When, when did you start on the show? Were you on the show last summer? Yeah, I've been here for over a year now. Oh. So you're aware of that nifty summer schedule when I work yeah, on Tuesday and Thursday? It's not really that far away. Not that I'm counting. It's only like about two months away. Like about the 16th of June or thereabouts. It starts then. 
I started uh, last January, right after the whole uh, MySpace inc- incident. Ah, oh, it's your fault. No, you're the I one that, sh- that Jacob crap. Yeah, I came on after that incident. And I became an emotional cripple. I was always fairly stable before then. You know, I was like uh, just showed up every day and minded my own business. I had a life. You know, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, Miguel starts with that MySpace crap. Now, now let's take a look right now, okay? I've had those three or four people, and I had the one guy that's supposed to be my big buddy there up in Connecticut, the, who's really chronic, sends me a thing about Randy. I, and I wrote him back. I said, no, who cares? I don't. Nobody cares, okay, Anthony? Nobody cares. I have nothing more. I have no more. I got a couple of articles that were said. I've got about five people said, hey, congrats on the five-year extension, and you know, we're all excited about listening to you until we croak and yada, like that. Nothing. Nothing. 1,536 friends on there. What have I got? Squat is what I got. Because what I've discovered is that most of those people don't even really listen. They're people who have listened over the years or, or whatever, you know. You know what I mean by that? What do you mean by that? They're not regular listeners. They don't listen most of the time or even some of them any of the time. Well, I mean, you know, maybe they're working, so they kind of catch Working in my ass. Maybe they're working. Right. Well, we'll see later in the day. Pick a number. How many people do you think are going to send me some kind of a uh, thing on it? And, it? and it doesn't have to be a butt-kissing thing. You know how I feel about that. It could be people saying, oh, geez, you, you should retire and enjoy the rest of your life. Like yesterday at lunch, Rimmer's wife, Farrell, who's a sweetheart, she's great. Sure, a lot nicer than he is. But anyway, she said, because we were talking about um, my job situation and how long I'm going to work, and I said, I don't want to eat up all the savings I've had, all the money i put away over the years that I want to leave to my friends when I croak. And she looked at me like I was a crazy person. She said, don't you deserve to enjoy that money? Why should I leave it to anybody? Why I worked all my life to get that money. Why should I leave it to anybody else so they can grab it up, is what she said. And what did you say? And what are your, I, I didn't know what to say. And what's your thoughts on that after the break? Think about it. Do you have what it takes to be in Neil's will? If you do, you will. Sporthole Radio 560 WQAM invites you to listen and win with the 560 QAM Neil's Will Contest. Simply cut and paste someone else's profile and pick to MySpace. Or in 50 words or less, write why you should be in Neil's Will on the back of a postcard and send it to WQAM Studios in the McAllister Hotel. Then, when you hear this sound, <laughs> that's your chance to inherit millions, perhaps even billions of dollars. All contestants must be male, no younger than 18, no older than 25, must be shaven and smooth. Judges reserve the right to eliminate contestants based on the rating quiz similarity rating scale of 1 to 10. Runners up will receive an autographed duplicate of Neil's Will suitable for framing. Any duplicates of Neil's Will found on your windshield wiper in the parking lot will be voided by law. All prizes will be awarded by Michael Anthony, and the grand prize winners are asked to be patient for an indefinite period of time until Neil decides to die. 146, 14 till 2 before the Jack Show from Toronto. Boy, all Toronto all the time. I got some bad news. Swillery's 20 points ahead in Pennsylvania. Uh oh. And it's uh, printing out right now. Can you hear it grinding away on that machine behind me? Can you hear it grinding? Oh. You hear it? Yeah, no, I do. It's grinding over here. A new poll released today by the American Research Group gives Swillery Clinton a 20 point lead in Pennsylvania, up from Tide just a week ago. 
A week ago, the same poll had her tied with Barack Obama, each with 45. The new poll says Clinton leads uh, Barack Obama 48 to 40 percent, 48 to 44 among men, among women 64 to 31 percent. Clinton lead. Now, didn't we just have an article at the beginning of the show about how she's losing her vo- uh, white women vote? Yep. Clinton leads 64 to 29 percent among white voters. Obama leads 79 to 18 percent among African American voters. Clinton leads 52 to 43 percent among voters age 18 to 49. And Clinton leads 62 to 31 among voters age 50 and older, old farts like me. Uh, 10% of all likely Democratic primary voters say they would never vote for Swillery in the primary, and 24% say they would never vote for Barack Obama in the primary. Well, something's going on, something really smells. It's got an aroma ban, doesn't it? How the hell is that possible? Is that because he opened up a mouth and uh, told the truth about the people are bitter, etc., and they took it and they twisted it and the media just jumped right on? I mean, are people really that fickle? Or yes. Who knows? We'll find out next Tuesday. Uh-oh, beach reopens after sharks spotted near the shore in Fort Lauderdale. Right near the water where people were swimming. Look at that. A lifeguard spotted the shark. Big old shark. Shore. Everybody was ordered to get out of the water until the shark left the area. People were not allowed in the water for any more than a half hour. Well, what does that mean, until the shark left the area? Well, how the hell do they know when he left the area? What type of shark it is, but we're told, though... It looks like a black tip reef shark. Oh, no. And just so you know, black tip reef sharks are considered non-aggressive, not likely to attack humans. Not very friendly. In fact, take it home as a pet would be a good idea. Huh? Get a uh, leash. Get a leash and go and uh, take it home as a pet. Now, now, what's your thoughts on what I was talking about a minute ago about uh, my will? Not that I want you to you know, stick your nose in, but I'm inviting you to do it anyway. Well, I mean... Everybody else has got an opinion. I think you should just do whatever makes you happy. If being on the show is enjoyable for you... Or it's helping you to enjoy things like, you know, Woodbine and everything. Keep doing it. I'm not talking about whether being on a show. I just got through, I just got through signing a new deal for five more years. What are you talking about? Well, then just, uh... You, you think know. I was talking about just getting up and walking out? Is that what you're suggesting? And taking all that money I've stashed away and just blowing it? Well, I mean, you're able to. And then what? Just so make what it last after longer. a bad year at the, uh, at the casinos, and then what? And then you come back and you say, all right, Joe, I'm back from my vacation. I'll put me on the air. Oh, look at that. It's going to be 10 today, baby. 50 degrees. It's sunny. It's beautiful. What a great day for Woodbine. See, starting next year, you're going to notice a seriously decreased uh, number of visits. Because contrary to the kind of crap that you're trying to spread around, I don't have any kind of a uh, compulsive gambling problem. I can live with it or without it. I enjoy it. I've never said you had a gambling problem. 54 tomorrow, 59 Wednesday, and 66 on Thursday. Oh, my God i got to put on my bathing suit and go and hang outside, hang it out, out the door. 797, I think you got your 800 licked. Not too bad, considering we had a really uh, crappy, you know, from that Sunday deal. Bad start. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be my favorite sexual experience. And nothing else even close. And I wasn't on the original poll. How do you like that? Then good thing I added that on there, wasn't it, Chris? Yes, it is. 377, 47.3%, because that's uh, the other ones, none of them are of any interest to me. None of them. I didn't spend like the last hour with my mother. She, I talked to her on the phone the day she died. I called her in the morning, and she croaked that afternoon. Wow. Wow what? That was kind of... Well, it's not her birthday. I called her to wish her happy birthday. She was in the hospital, and she made it to 91 just to piss me off, because I used to kid her that 90 is old enough. And she so she made it to 91 just to uh, show me, as always, that she Good was boss. right and I was wrong. And then she croaked. 
She said, I'm dying over here. And that was it. Now, do I sound insensitive when I say that? Like uh, some kind of a hardened old bastard? 800 votes. Oh. Let's hear it. Chris made 80 bucks. All right. It's almost as good as George winning that 31 bucks at the track on Friday. Now, what's your take on those shows? I think they're a lot of fun. Since you can't give me an accurate answer on it, you know, e even a uh, biased opinion about the will and the thing. Well, you don't know any of the people who are in it. Exactly, so. No, you're supposed to say, well, George is in it, and then I'm supposed to say, like I said, you don't know any of the people who are in my will. Say so George is in it. Like I said a minute ago. Now, what was the other question I just asked? Let's get off of my will. So how would the, uh, the, how would I think about the greenhouse? The, the racing shows. I, th I think they're great. I think they're great. Thank God for that. It's a lot of fun, you know. I mean, George is out there dealing with the people, so we got him there. And then you're sitting there giving them tips, and you're, you know, playing the races. I think it's a lot of fun. I know the sales guy, uh, Steve, likes it. You know, he says it's really good. The uh, Gulfstream people love the show, so it's a good idea. That's what we're here for, maybe, is make the sponsors happy and make everybody a lot of money. That's what we're here for. All of this crap about, well, Neil is boring, you know, something. Too bad. We're not here to entertain, okay? We're here to make money. That's what it's all about. We're business people, just like all the rest of you poor bastards out there working to get two nickels to scrape together. That's what we're here all about. And plus, there's that okay. added bonus. What is that? There's that added bonus also when he's out there. What's that? He gets to hang out with Daron and uh, Ron. Oh, that's right, for George. I forgot about that. He gets to hang out with his good buddies. This game went to overtime. Ten minutes in, delayed penalty coming up against Montreal. The puck goes to Mark Savard. That boy, Mark. Home the hey, Mark, baby, you can play on my team. He's a sweetheart, Mark Savard. Frog, but nevertheless. You remember, uh, what, what was the uh, frog and the prince, the prince and the frog? What was that all about? I have no idea. From my younger days. Do you remember that? Nope. She kissed the uh, prince and he turned into a frog, or was it the other way around? Oh, no, she kissed the frog and he turned into a prince. Oh. I'll be damned. What happens if you kiss the beast? 153 at 560 WQM. It's back, and it's huge. Exotica, Miami Beach, the, lar the largest adult event on the East Coast, is coming back to South Florida this weekend at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Exotica, presented by Hot Movies, features the hottest adult star signing autographs, wild live entertainment, super sexy seminar series, and over 200 exhibitors. That's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Don't miss exhibitors like Girls Gone Wild and the all-female Pillow Fight League. Go VIP and get access to the Crazy Horse Saloon, VIP Lounge, and VIP Autograph Lines. Come meet stars like Jesse Jane, Tara Patrick, Stormy Daniels, and lots, lots more. Tickets are available online at ExoticaMiamiBeach.com or on site at the Convention Center Box Orifice. Exotica Miami Beach, come get sexy, and don't forget, sorry, no squares allowed, and they really mean it. <laughs> Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Ferry at 560 WQAM. If things are bad with stars in the swamps. Oh, my God. 
Take the cannoli. 